is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is up, everyone, and welcome to a Monday edition for another week here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Hustler-Patterson with you, Michael Remus, and vibes are high in Peg City, two for two on the weekend. The Winnipeg Jets sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning and Vancouver Canucks Friday and Sunday, and now... One more win tomorrow in Detroit. We'll get Rick Bonus, the man they call Bones, to the All-Star Game representing the Central Division. We've got a great show coming up today. We'll chop it up with TSN hockey analyst and our favorite go-to guy, Dave Poulin, coming up in about 20 or so. And then Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press will jump on, discuss the Jets now hitting the road for 8 of 9, as well as tomorrow's game in Detroit, the weekend overall. And, of course, the NFL playoffs are set after a wild week 18. We'll get to all of that as well. Not to mention, Winnipeg Ice making a massive trade, and they were not the only ones yesterday in the Western Hockey League. The arms race is on in junior hockey out in the West. We'll hit that as well. And uh, hear from the likes of Rick Bonus and Nikolai Ehlers, who made his return on Friday night later on in the program um first up welcome everyone i hope you had as great a weekend as i did vibes as i said very very high good things shout out to everyone that rode with us on the lock shop all-time record weekend for myself and dustin nielsen just dropped the latest episode today talking about the college football uh playoff tonight as well as some hockey if you're watching on youtube go over to lock shop bets give us a sub there and uh um join us daily as well usually right before winnipeg sports talk gets going Got to thank the sponsors that make the show happen before we get going. That, of course, is led by our friends at Coolbet and Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and our friends over at Knot. Michael Remus, what is up? How was your weekend? It was a great weekend, Hustler. Um, got a great, off to a great start Friday with the Jets win against Tampa Bay. Uh, what a fantastic night that was at Canada Life Center. And then again, uh, NFL Week 18 yesterday, Jets afternoon, which the Winnipeg Jets scored more goals than the New York Jets uh, had <laughs> points. So, you know, a bit of a football score uh, at Canada Life yesterday afternoon. So great weekend. Saturday as well. Um, NFL Week 18, I saw your Chiefs uh, locking down the one seed. So, uh, yeah, great weekend. The weather, not too cold, Huss. You can go outside and feel like you're not going to die. So uh, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, small victories. For January, that's a win. Uh, no, you know, absolutely it is. And I will tell you, I was just taking a peek out the uh, out the balcony, and uh, the uh, river trail is in full effect. I know it was out at the Forks. I just saw them doing some work down here in the Assiniboine, so they should be getting to the Hugo Dock, and we'll have the full thing extended over the next little bit. So yeah, as long as the weather continues to cooperate, great time to get outside, make the most of uh, make the most of the winter while you can't get out. All that being said, Remo, it was a great time to either be at the building or on the couch watching the games on the weekend because um, the Winnipeg Jets welcomed back uh, four very important players in the lineup and came up with a big, big win against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Friday. The game yesterday, um, a little bit more pond hockey-ish that uh, I know Rick Bonus would like. 
but another big two points for the Winnipeg Jets. And as I mentioned, um, you know, on Wednesday, the coaches for the All-Star game will be determined by point percentage in each division. And with the Jets' wins on the weekend, they can send Bones to the All-Star game with a win tomorrow night against the Detroit Red Wings. And I cannot think of anything more appropriate for Bones than being on the bench at the All-Star game because he has been the catalyst for one of the most amazing turnarounds I can remember a long time, certainly in Winnipeg sports in such a short time. And I think you got to make an argument in the National Hockey League. Anyone that's been with us for months on this program that was with us through the summer, all the ups and downs, Barry Trotz watch, the relative underwhelming response to the hiring of Rick bonus uh, since the day that he got here, man, he has done such a great job. He has become a huge fan favorite amongst jets fans for obvious reasons. And it would just be amazing for a guy that coached his 2600th game on the bench in the NHL Friday night, an all time record to get the nod as the guy who gets to sit back and watch the three-on-three tourney. I think it would be very appropriate. It would be great for the franchise and certainly would be deserved for Bones. The Rick Bonus uh, career celebration uh, tour, 2,600 games, incredible. Uh, this turnaround the Winnipeg Jets have had, you know, they were out of the playoffs. This team's, we were saying all summer, this team's a disappointment. Who are we trading? What do you mean they're not doing anything? They're hiring... Rick Bonus, what? He might retire in two years. Now we're like, no, don't retire, uh, Rick. What did he sign? Two-year two year deal? Huss is approaching 70. So, man, if the Jets uh, were to win tomorrow and you know secure him a spot behind the bench at the All-Star game, could they have, you know, could they have three? You know, does he count as an All-Star? So they'd have uh, Morrissey, Bonus, and I'm assuming they're going to get Hellebuck or Connor, right? Or Dubois, too. Like, they should probably have three, if you ask. Hope so. Don't forget me. to vote, everyone. It is our Although civic Ra- duty. Yeah. Civic duty to get those 10 votes in a day for the other Winnipeg Jets that are very deserving All-Stars. And by the way, this, <laughs> this is a great, a great quote from Chris Vermette. Chris, by the way, congrats on winning the marbles last Friday. Bonus coaches the Central Division in Maurice's home building. The irony. Oh. <laughs> I forgot that that's in Florida. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of Florida talk. Actually, someone mentioned in chat Huss, that uh, Florida. Who speaking of uh, the Central Division, they're in going through Dallas, and they lost yesterday. They did mention on the broadcast um, how many time zones they're going they're going through. So Florida, it was a rough rough year for them, but it's been a great year here for the Winnipeg Jets, and it just continues. Has six or sorry five game win streak could be six tomorrow with the win. I mean, everything is working. They're second in the West in goal differential, although they've played one less game than Dallas. Like, the division title is within reach, and, I mean, having everyone come back, it was maybe off to a rough start on Friday, but, I mean, that power play on those five-on-threes, uh, watching them move the puck was amazing. Tampa, very undisciplined. Uh, the, well, the Jets were two for six, and you know, killed all the penalties. That was a great game, and yesterday... Against Vancouver, they Vancouver. I mean, the Jets three and zero against Vancouver this year. It wasn't I? You know the way you draw it up, but hey, seven four. Kyle Connor hat trick, ten combined points from the Connor Dubois Ewers line. Axel uh, chipping in with a snipe and an assist. Demello getting on the board. I it's mean, a huge day for goal songs yesterday. This team is building. rolling. Yeah, it's rolling. 
And I was up. I was in a different perch yesterday. I was in the north end last night of the 300s and had a great view of sort of the rink from the end as well as the scoreboard and uh, made a point of uh, snapping a few. The, f- the fact that Axel Johnson Fialvi's goal song is entitled Mr. Cool almost sent me off the chair yesterday. We know that he looks like Mr. Cool, so maybe he's probably the one guy that can actually get away with having a song, Mr. Cool. But that got played yesterday. And uh, how about Dylan DeMella with This Is How We Do It? Oh, man, there was a, it was a hell of a lot of fun yesterday. Oh, just quickly, Gitch and chat. Is there a lot of coaching needed in the All-Star game? Kind of just lets the players have fun, no? Exactly. Bones, I'm sure, will just sit there. He'll just have the best seat in the house. Uh, for it, but it would be a nice nod for Rick, I think, to uh, to get there. But yeah, let's get back to the weekend, Reem, because the Friday game against Tampa Bay was uh, was a game where I didn't think the Jets had the best of it at five on five, and I'm sure the numbers will will uh, bear that out. But when you're a good team, which the Jets are, and Tampa Bay is certainly a good team. You know, a lot of times those games will be relative softs um, at five on five. And it comes down to special teams. And to me, that was a special teams win by the Winnipeg Jets. Not only did they make it uh, count on their power play, uh, but Connor Hellebuck in the PK stepping up in that final six minutes, killing a couple off. Um, you know, they really did come to play. And we heard Bones after the game give everyone that was involved in the special teams units uh, some big props last night because that was really the difference in a game. And, you know, when you look at over the course of a of a regular season, the difference between being a first place team and in the middle of the pack or in the middle of the pack and being on the playoff bubble can often come down to how you handle games like that. And for the Winnipeg Jets to come through when they needed it, especially late in the game, holding on to that lead, which hadn't always been a strength of the club earlier on this season, uh, was just a hell of a way to start off the weekend. And it was a really, really fun game as anyone that was at Canada Life Center in that sold-out crowd Friday night will attest to. That was a playoff-style hockey game. You really felt the intensity between the two teams. Like, I don't know what got into Steven Stamkos. When did he turn into such a goon hustler? Like, cross-checking Ehlers in the back. And then... Such a loser and move. Then, like, what was he pissed off? He thought Ehlers dived on him? So and he then, was going to give it... Like, I, I, I didn't get that at all. Yeah, I mean, he shoved Ehlers in the back, so Ehlers fell over. You shoved him like this, like with the two hands. That is a cross check. It may not have been the hardest one. And yeah, he, I mean, you hit a guy in the back, he's going to probably fall down. And then what? Then elbow dropped him right after. Like, I was really shocked to see that kind of on ice behavior, Huss, from Steven Stamkos. Uh, he's such a great goal scorer. I was actually, I was disappointed as a guy who's a big Steven Stamkos fan, Huss. So you, you don't see that from him, but hey, the Jets made them pay. Uh, Twice there, on the oh, power exactly. Play. The Jets were more than yep. happy to uh, to take exactly. the the two minutes, enjoy your time in the box, and you know if things go well, you'll actually get out early because the Jets will score, and that's exactly what they did. The other thing that came out of the Tampa game, and we'll talk about the return of Ehlers and uh, the the rest of the uh, the guys that came back to the lineup, but Mark Shifley dropped the gloves with Anthony Sorelli. Where the hell did that come from, Reem? Yeah, I don't know, but he, man, Shifley was in a good mood. Like, you saw him in the box, smiling, having a good time. And I said playoff hockey. And when you have, like, two solid players uh, going after each other, I mean, I'm as much as, you know, you're like, oh, fighting, get out of the game. When when Shifley drops the glove, you get fired up and, you know, fired up the team. 
I'll be uh, honest. I was yeah. way less fired up than nervous. Oh, you had? Because, well, I mean, look, I, I, this is the thing about fighting in the NHL now. Everyone wears visors. You got helmets. So, like, how big of an area do you have? And for people on the podcast, I'm, like, putting my hands over my face. And I think you're more likely to hit helmet or visor than than face and, you know, break a hand, which would suck. So that is a fair point. Uh, sir, but look, you got playoffs are in April. Like, if you did get injured, you'd be back in time for playoffs. It's fine. It's well, worth no, it, that's, right? That's not that's not fine and, and not <laughs> worth it. But hey, listen, every now and then that happens. You just hold your breath and hope that a star player like that doesn't get hurt on the receiving end of something or, as you mentioned, probably more likely hurting your hand punching a guy in the helmet, which often happens as well. Uh, but listen, I thought that the energy that the Winnipeg Jets had matching what the Tampa Bay Lightning were bringing. They were in a pissed off mood all night long. And, um, you know, Ian Cole talked about it afterwards, thought that the Jets are a bit of a chippy team. Um, I think if you watch the game, you probably would think maybe that of the visitors that night. Um, but overall, got it done. And listen, Nikolai Ehlers back, scoring his first goal of the season yesterday was a great, great development. We saw Perfetti and Wheeler come back. Nate Schmidt had a nice contribution to it to the wins at all but it was the guys that have been doing it all season long for the jets that really stepped up on friday night josh morrissey with three assists pld with a couple and kyle connor with the go-ahead goal and kfc was just getting going as he uh delivered a three-piece last night and sent the or yesterday afternoon and sent the hats onto the ice with a hat trick um really has been just a, a great, great year. Ever since Dubois and Connor got back together, it seems both of them have trended upwards, and they've been carrying the team along with Josh Morrissey, and now with Ehlers back in the mix, we saw the potential of how dangerous that line can be yesterday in a very wide-open game, we'll just say it, uh, against the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, we we talked preseason about the what Ehlers Connor Shifley line, but now it's Connor Dubois Ehlers, and I think that line could be one of the top lines in the league. Just, I mean, even uh, you saw them all on the power play too. Just each guy, um, you know, has their own unique skill set. They all can shoot, they can skate, uh, they can all score. I mean, choose like choose your own adventure if you're the defense. Like, who are you gonna let beat you? Um, and Kyle Connor got off to the slow start. I did see a tweet from Dave Manuk of Illegal Curve who said, you remember when Connor had like two goals in the first, what was it, 14 games? Yeah. So I've been like, oh man, is he going to be able to get like even 40 goals? Because last year we were talking about 50, and I think he's on pace for well over 40. At well, he's this got 20 now. Yeah. He had three yesterday, 18, and 19, and 20, and we're not yet at the halfway mark yeah. of the season. Tomorrow is the official halfway mark, so we can just double everyone's stats and uh, say, okay, this is what you're projected for. Uh, for, for the season, but I mean, the shot was always there. The chances weren't going in, and they're definitely going in now. When you have Nikolai Ehlers, I mean, how pretty was that first one yesterday? Oh. Ehlers on the zone entry to Dubois to Ehlers, you know, it just to the spot, and Connor's like right in in front and just puts it in past Deal. I mean, these are all these are all uh, I mean, pretty nice passing plays. Connor in good shooting position, and uh, Ehlers, he's able to beat Ehlers. the goalies. Ehlers on that goal was asked like where and when did he see him and he goes well I didn't really didn't see him but I just knew that he would be in and around there and they put it out and if after two games they're sort of feeling that that is a really really good sign um you know all the guys I mean Ehlers maybe especially looked like a guy that hadn't played in two or three months against the Tampa Bay Lightning um but 
he was far more comfortable yesterday. And I think, frankly, I think everyone was more comfortable playing against the Vancouver Canucks and their, um, well, their, their lack of structure and just how wide open the game was. Um, but certainly you heard from Ehlers afterwards, and maybe we should get to that right now. Let, let's go with five to eight. We'll talk Ehlers first. Um, about his return to the lineup and, you know, playing with, uh, with that group. Um, Ehlers, uh, let's go with five. If you can, uh, Ehlers talked about last game and, uh, you know, getting into a bit of a groove with, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor, who had the hat trick. Last game was, was definitely a tough one. I think everyone could see that. Um, so did everything I could, to. Uh, to make my legs and and my body feel better for this game today, and and, and I felt pretty good. That line, obviously, with uh, the three, I think you had ten combined points today. Um, it seems like just with what you guys all bring, that could be one of the best lines in the NHL when you're all clicking, right? Um, I mean, we 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 played well tonight. I mean, there's still a lot of things that we can improve on. Um, there's always going to be things that we can improve on, um, but. We used our our, our speed um, to find each other to, to get on their D's and, and get some loose pucks, and, and that worked out for us tonight. So that's something that we're going to continue doing. There is Nikolai Ehlers, who uh, I know uh, the fans got a great welcome back to the uh, lineup on Friday night and uh, had him on their feet last night with his first of the year as well. Here's a little bit more from uh, Ehlers on uh, the line that he's now on. They're two guys that are pretty easy to play with, you know, so, um, you know, I told them that I might need some help in the first couple of games um, and they've been doing a pretty good job of that. So um, we read off each other as much as possible. I think that's what make, makes this line um, a good line. Um, and then again, as soon as we uh, we have a chance to get the puck um, Defensively or offensively, we're, we're, we're going all out. Um, so we try to use our speed as much as possible. All right, there's uh, Nikolai Ehlers uh, on a little bit more on his line. Um, let's hear from Bones, Rick Bonus, the coach, on uh, finally getting to see Nikolai Ehlers up front and center as, um, of course, Bones wasn't on the bench for the two games that Ehlers did play at the beginning of the year. Uh, but here's what he thought of... Uh, Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois welcoming 27 back on that line. But don't forget, before Cole and, and Wheels went down, it's unfortunate we lost both of them, but that line, the Shifley line was really good with Wheels and uh, Cole. So, you know, we got to give them a couple of games to find their game. We knew that. So I, I, it is both. Um, but it is part of that too is that the Shifley line was playing really well it, before Nick came back that was that was we had one A and one B like they were both playing really well so it's unfortunate that those two guys went down and now we got to give them some time to find their game and in the meantime the Doobie's line looks you know Doobie and KC have, have taken off and so you leave it alone Alright so there's Bones talking a little bit more about you know the um well, b bringing all those players back, having Ehlers go on to the line with Connor and Dubois, of course, early on in the season, originally out of the gate, Shifley was the guy, but Shifley had had a lot of success with Wheeler and Perfetti, who also both returned on Friday night. Uh, but Bones talked a little bit more about their play, top six, and especially KFC, Dubois, and Ehlers. 
Uh, you saw two different teams out there today. You saw the team that we want to be in the first 11 minutes of the first period. That's how we want to play. I think they only had like a couple of shots on net. That's how we want to play. And then we stopped playing that way for nine minutes and all of a sudden they're back in the game, which you can't do because one thing Vancouver can do is they can score. And they're, 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 they've got a lot of skill up front and they, and they showed that. But we let them do that so we we didn't let them do it for 11 minutes of the first and we let them do it for the nine they're all of a sudden they're back in the game and then we we, we started well again and then it, they got that uh, the goal and the third goal and the power play goal but we made it too easy for them to play we we when you get into the playoffs, you can't play like the way we did tonight or today. It's as simple as that. You can't. Uh, we got to get in the playoffs, and we've got to learn before we get there that you get a two nothing lead. You keep playing the right way. You keep playing the same way, and we didn't. And we we started making poor percentage plays. And when you do that against a highly skilled team like Vancouver. They're going to make you pay, and they're going to make you look bad, which they did at times tonight. But that, to me, that's self-inflicted, and those are things that we can. We we we've shown enough signs that we've corrected them, and then all of a sudden they come right back in. Now we got to address it again and fix it for the road trip. Uh, there was bones on uh, yesterday's game, and uh, the good and the bad, and it was it was a strange game, Remo, in that you know the team gets up two nothing early. Gives up a couple. We'll talk about David Riddick in a minute. Um, same thing in the second period. Up to give up the lead, get one. Um, but what was impressive was the way they locked it down in the third period. And David Riddick was a big, big part of that. I mean, I joked yesterday. I was surprised at how many people were all over Dave for um, you know his play. Listen, he wasn't great. He hadn't played in a couple weeks. And overall, he's been so good for the Jets since the first period against Vegas. I thought it was a big overreaction. And I did say, yeah, he may have been occasional save Dave for the first two periods, but he was absolutely big save Dave in the third period. And um, But certainly the team stepped up as well and did that. It was a strange one, though, Reem. I mean, you've got a, a, a game that didn't have a lot of the maybe the intensity that some of the other jet games uh recently had you know it was that afternoon crowd but the bottom line was that um you know they uh they regained that lead and did not look back but i totally understood why rick bonus was focusing on the fact that that ain't a winning formula against top teams, especially when you get down to the nitty-gritty or the postseason in the NHL. And I see comments in chat saying it's so refreshing. Like, even in wins, they're able to critique their play, what they liked, what they didn't yes. like. it. And as you said, um, you know, the shot attempts in the third period, that was their that was their best period. Uh, they controlled 60% uh, compared to 50 and uh, four, 51 and 46 in the first two periods. And look, Dave Riddick, he's... You know, he's your backup goalie. He's not your starter. I thought he's played pretty well up and you know, aside from the first game up until now. And you know, what do you like? Some of the ones early on back. Uh yeah. Although I thought those tipping ones were pretty nifty uh by Vancouver. And uh Kevin Sawyer kept talking about on the broadcast how Vancouver's uh doing that so well um this year. So look, he's not look, we're used to the elite play of Connor Hellebuck, who's you know, the best or second best goalie in the league. So um you got the win. Probably could have been better in a couple areas, but for them, but I think look, you win when your backup goes in. That's that's great. So, uh, you know, I think he'll be better. We'll probably see him Thursday or Friday, uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. But uh, you get the two points, analyze what you do, and move on. Listen, Dave's played ten games so far this season. He's six and four, and he's got a nine oh five save percentage. If the Jets 
backup goaltender can have a winning record and a plus 900 save percentage, this team is going to be fine. And as I said, that first period against Vegas went so poorly with four goals going in. I mean, again, we're talking about a relatively small sample of 10 games. If you take that out, the numbers are much, much better. So everyone, chill out. Big save, Dave. He made the big saves in the third period. That's exactly what this team needs when Connor Hellebuck's not in there, but you know who's going to be back in tomorrow, and that's 37, looking to get bones to the All-Star game. We're going to talk about it coming up right away with our guy, Dave Poole, and i got to give a big thanks though, to our friends at Consolidated Supply. What a blast we had in December with the Marbles Tournament of Champions. We'll do that again later on this year, but... Right now, we're looking ahead to 2023, and Consolidated Supply is your first choice for irrigation, for engine parts, for golf carts, outdoor kitchens, hot tubs, and more. Um, if you have not seen what they've got available, go check out their website, cte.ca. Uh, it's got a great insight to everything that Consolidated Supply has for you, your business, or your home. Uh, but the other great spot to do is pop down, see Joe Spicy and the guys, great supporters of ours, regular listeners. They are open to the public, 1395 Niaqua Road East. Uh, but definitely check them out, give them a call, or find out more online at cte.ca. Uh, tomorrow or Wednesday, we're going to be announcing our December winner for the Unsung Hero program. We're doing Wallace and Wallace and Josh Morrissey. But entries are open for our January submissions, people. So send us an email to unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. And again, what we're looking for is that unsung hero in the community that's doing great things, helping others, whether it be through charity work, whether it be working through schools or the minor hockey program or other sports programs, people that quietly go about taking valuable hours and time out of their lives to make lives better for others. We'll be given an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey to the unsung hero for December. We'll announce it tomorrow, as well as one for January. And even better, Wallace and Wallace is going to donate $500 to the Dream Factory in the name of our nominee, or sorry, our nominator for Winnipeg Sports Talk. And Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that with another 500 all going to the Dream Factory, a great, great charity that Josh, of course, is an ambassador for. So let us know about the Unsung Hero in your community. Unsung Hero at WinnipegSportsTalk.com. Send us an email today. And just before we bring in Pooley, I am feeling a little better. And part of that, thanks to a trip to Vita Health Fresh Market. You already know that they've got great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, but maybe the best local product for battling colds and sore throats is Colflex Oregano Spray. Made locally by Inatech Nutrition, Colflex Oregano Spray helps relieve coughs and sore throats and helps to maintain immune function. Get yours today at any Vita Health location. And if you are celebrating a sober January or Veganuary, you'll find a fantastic selection of non-alcoholic beverages and vegan and plant-based options at Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. All right, let's talk Jets and a little more NHL with Dave Pooley, who joins us now. Pooley, what's up? How are you, my friend? I am great. It's a beautiful Monday here. It's a lot of hockey-centric stuff, and the Jets are on a roll. How could I not be happy? It's a good thing, and it's it's interesting me, I, I caught all of both games. I w was working last night, so it was a perfect three o'clock start for me because I could, I didn't have to multitask and watch a game while I was 
while I was watching the game or working a game. Uh, but to me, yesterday's win, the importance of it was all the different factors that were a part of it. Uh, first off is your backup goalies in that. It doesn't start great. And then he kind of gets a mulligan on that first goal, which is terrific. But then twice there's two goal leads and the other team battles back and you find a way to get it done. And, you know, we were talking about Kyle Connor in studio and James Duthie said to me, he's got 20 goals. And I said, he had two in the first 14 games, James. Like he, he, he wasn't, you know, a part of it. And then you plug in the guys that you plugged in over the weekend for every reason. That's not a game a coach loves, but it's a game a coach needs in order to win. And good teams find different ways to win games. It's not going to be perfect every night. And for all those reasons, I think it was a great win. You know, Dave, we spent so much time talking about Rick bonus and the job that he's done. Um, it was interesting, and we're hearing it already from folks in the chat right now, how refreshing it is to hear Bones speak pretty candidly and honestly, even after wins, about what he liked and what he didn't like in mm -hmm. games. I, it, it was a very interesting. I mean, I was at both games in the building. Very Two very different hockey games from Friday night to, um, to Sunday. I mean, the game on Friday, you had a bunch of new players. I mean, it was a bit of a slog at times at five-on-five, five, but they held their own. And I'm interested in your perspective on it. I mean, separating the really good teams often in head-to-head -head matchups comes down to special teams. And listen, the power play got it done early. It was the penalty kill that got it done late. And, you know, when you're going up against two very good teams, that often is the difference between winning and losing or getting a point or getting two. And the Jets seemingly are improving game after game in those categories, which has been, I would say, a huge part in putting together this five-game heater. Well, let's start with the power play. You're sitting at 14th right now this morning. And how much of a factor are Nikolai Ehlers, Blake Wheeler, Nate Schmidt on the second unit, if, if, if that's the way it works out, and Cole Perfetti going to be on the power play? And, I mean, they're going to have a huge impact. Maybe the most in my core little four stats that I do all the time, you know, goals for, goals against, power play, penalty kill. And, and I'm looking for, I mean, you want to be in the top 10 in each one. And the Jets are in the top 10 in three, three of the four. And the power play, I think, has the biggest upside because of the guys we talk about that are out. Fifth in penalty kill. Most impressively, though, Andrew, I think of all, second in goals against. And that's a team stat. Um, in Connor Halibut, we know well we, that you have one of the best goaltenders in the league. But... The team defense, the pride in the team defense, and I'm including the forwards in that too, um, is tremendous. And that's something that everybody has to be involved for the goals against to be good. Every single player. And, and that's not always the case in the other categories, but every player has to be involved and good. And now you can have some tough decisions to make in terms of who's in the lineup and, and how this all shakes out. But these are good, good decisions. And so the one category that's got to get knocked down to get in the top 10, the power play, I think has the biggest upside. And I think you'll see that just thrive. That was a playoff game on Friday night to me. I mean, that's what it felt like. And I had the rare luxury, and we always use the expression, you know, like a mailman going for a walk on his day off, right? What do I do on my day off? I watch hockey. Of course I watch hockey. 
<laughs> and, you know, but I sit down as a fan and I'm allowed to watch it a little bit differently. I don't watch it with pen and paper. I don't put numbers into my phone. I don't, I watch it as a fan. I'm a hockey fan. And uh, it's, it's always a funny discussion at, at home because the discussion is, you know, particularly when you're in the middle of a series and the discussion is, any games on tonight? And now, <laughs> you know. There's a game I follow, on. I follow the league pretty closely, but, you know, particularly my four teams in, that I work on the most are, are Winnipeg, Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal. So, yeah, there's a pretty good chance there's a game on tonight. <laughs> she knows well. I mean, we watch our series before or after or around, but, but she knows well. She gets a rare night and she says, nobody's playing tonight? Nobody's going to bother you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you mentioned a playoff feel in the building, um, and there was so much excitement to getting all those players back. And listen, I, I really thought that Nikolai Ehlers, especially on Friday night, looked like a guy, frankly, that had been off for two and a half months or three months. You know, and Shifley's line, you know, with Blake Wheeler and Cole Perfetti did some good things, but certainly weren't at that level that they were, but again, they hung in there against a really tough team and, you know, took advantages of the opportunities. And then it gets back to the penalty kill. I mean, you couldn't have two bigger kills late in the game that they did. Um, and, you know, that was a big part they won in the game. But you go from that game against that opponent to that game yesterday afternoon, and it was an incredibly different atmosphere. It was a little bit of a lazier crowd, lots of kids in the building, 2 p.m. start. Started, frankly, a little easy for the Jets to get those two early ones on Vancouver. And um, let's just say that that was not playoff hockey. And Rick Bonus was sure to remind his players and everybody after the fact. Um, and that was one of those things that, I mean, you almost need. You you said coaches need those sorts of games to remind guys that uh, you'd far rather remind them after a win than after losing a game when you weren't at your best and weren't playing the way that the coach wants you to for a full 60. No question. But for every reason that you just mentioned, including the two o'clock start, which is a different game, um, different prep, different meal, you know, all of that. And that game. So they don't get, doesn't get that first goal and they, that gets called back, but then it could have been three, nothing really easily. Kyle Connor in tight just misses the hat trick and, yeah. and it's actually a really good save and and just misses the hat trick and and in a way that's a, that should be maybe a more desperate Vancouver team than it is but it's a desperate Vancouver team and they find a way to come back a couple of times and yet you don't let it collapse and and I think because those games are so different then you're you're really thinking about art not who we play but how we play and that's what it is, right? Going from Tampa Bay to Vancouver, those are two different teams on the schedule. East, West, all of the above, two-time Stanley Cup champions, and a team that struggled this year. You have to find a way to beat both. And they, they both count for the same amount of points on the schedule. And you have to find a way to deal with it. You're dealt a schedule, and, and, and that's what it is coming in. And, you know, you don't get a lot of choice in that. You make some building dates available, and you, you look at the schedule, and – I can look at a schedule and say, okay, this game's going to be tough. This game's going to, you're going to say, well, why would that be tough? Well, cause you're coming off the two time cup champion and three time finalist team. And then you're playing on a Sunday afternoon at home against Vancouver. That's just going to be a tough game. No matter who the opponent is, that's going to be a tough game. And so I think the response is so good. Now, pretty good challenge coming up because 
you know, in, in looking at the schedule maker, he throws one game in the middle of the next nine. In Arizona is the only home game. Yeah. So eight of the nine on the road. So you're on the road for three. You come home for the Arizona game. And you go on the road for another five. And and I've got this season, you know, I love breaking it down into segments. And I've got this, the next piece for me is now till the All-Star game. And then you're going to get a really nice, refreshing little break there. And I love what the league has done by tacking on days on both sides, depending on which, you know, where you are and, and making it a real break. And then you're going to have another three and a half to four weeks till the trade deadline. So those are the pieces that you control. There's a big road segment coming up here. You know what? It's how we play, not who we play for the Winnipeg Jets right now. Hey, Pooley, uh, speaking of the All-Star game, uh, I was mentioning this. I tweeted this out on the weekend and kind of led the show off talking about a number of the stories around the Winnipeg Jets. Um, not only would the team be able to make it a half dozen in a row with a win tomorrow night, making it a straight six, but a win tomorrow night for the Winnipeg Jets would send Rick Bonus to the All-Star game as the Central Division coach. You've been around Bones for a long time. You know how well he's respected and I, I have a feeling that feeling is absolutely shared by every guy in that dressing room with what's happened so far. How meaningful do you think that would be for the team, the organization, and Bones? Although, let's face it, there's no coaching in the All-Star game. He'd just be getting the best seat in the house. Um, but wouldn't that be neat if they could make that happen and uh, get Bones? Because I, I, I'm not sure there's a guy that deserves it more than him. Very much so. And it's not only the guys that play for him now, it's the guys that played for him in the past. Because I'm one of those guys, too. I had him as a head coach and I think it'd be terrific. And, you know, we did a little piece in the second intermission last night on the Tortorella comments about what his thoughts were about the all-star game. Apparently not as fine as yours and mine are. And I beg to differ for every reason. And you're just talking about a veteran coach, the all time, most games behind a bench and your perception, and it's a correct perception, I believe, Andrew, is that it would be a big deal for Rick Bonus to go to the All-Star game. Well, I can tell you, the first time I went to an All-Star game, it was a huge deal, like enormous. And, you know, and, and it bothered me to hear the Philadelphia coach say, you know, that it had no meaning. It had no, doesn't, you know, he didn't care about it. And, and it was like, you know, when you go for the first time, and, and I was fortunate enough to go three times. One of them was rendezvous, and two of them were traditional all-star games. Man, I'm telling you, the boost of confidence it gave me, um, like those are moments when you're alone in the car, and you're at a red light, and you're thinking, I'm going to the all-star game. Like, are you kidding me? I'm an undrafted free agent. I, I'm going to the all-star game. And then in the, when you walk in, and, and that team for me was 1986. It was in Hartford. And you see Brian Trotche and Mike Boston. Do you go over and say hi to them? Like, do you introduce yourself? Are they going to know who you are? Like, <laughs> and then there's Larry Robinson. Oh, there's Peter Stasny. Like, you think about these things, right? Like, it was so big for me. And the confidence I carried back as a leader on my team for having experienced that. And, you know, Rick is a little different in that I think just from a pure appreciation standpoint, it would be a really cool thing. I really do. So I think differently, it, and the All-Star game, it's for the city that hosts. 
and the players that go, yes. And by the way, the rest of the league likes it too because they get a few days off. So if that's all that the Philadelphia coach gets out of it is a few days off, then, <laughs> then so be it. But uh, I think it'd be great, and, and the guys will know that for sure. Well, and I mean, I could sit here talking to you or frankly anyone and make a, uh, I think, a pretty compelling argument that there's four or five guys in that jet dressing room that probably deserve to be all-stars. We know that oh, that's, no not, question. that's not possible the way things are set up. And I mean, to be honest, uh, the thought of Connor Hellebuck getting a nice extended rest, I think, makes a lot of sense for a lot of people, although he certainly deserves to be there. He um, does, but but you look at it both ways, right? And would you rather have a nice rest, have another run, be in the be a finalist for the Vesna and all of those things? And 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 the guys that go are gonna benefit. There's no question. Well, and the, the Jets guy that's go going, Dave, is Josh Morrissey. And I mean his he has been everything for the Winnipeg Jets mm-hmm. this year. It was sort of funny that he didn't get on the score sheet yesterday when seven went into the other net. Um, but again, that was a game where some other players stepped up and got on the scoreboard. It's games like Friday night that Josh Morrissey has proven his value over and over again to the Winnipeg Jets and a Rick Bonus. And, and as great as we f- would feel if Bones gets that nod, which would be greatly deserved, I can't remember being as excited for a person getting that all-star nod as when we found out Josh did last week. And uh, he absolutely has been full marks in his season, deserving every accolade coming his way. No question about it. And and that's an earned basis. And, if you look at it, you know, most teams you could go down and you could say there's, well, any team in the top half of the NHL, there's four guys that can go. There just are. Yeah. And then you think of some of the star players on some of the teams that are out of the playoffs, out of the playoff picture right now, and they're very deserving and having tremendous years and all the above. But I think what, in many ways, what has happened to Winnipeg this year if you were going to point at one thing and say, this is the Winnipeg Jets this year, it's Josh Morrissey. It is. It's buying into the new coach. It's listening to the new coach. It's it's being given the right messaging from the new coach in that you're a special player. We had a game plan against you when I was in your conference, and and here's what we think you're capable of doing, and and, and go do it. And he accepted the challenge and accepted the praise, if you will, but the praise also being that came as part of the challenge. You're really good. We want you to be better. And I think he's being unleashed at a perfect time in his career when he's capable both physically and mentally of handling everything that they're putting on his plate. And a, a nice reward, a, the pride he'll walk into that locker room with. And it's funny because when I was fortunate enough to go, we were really good. So I went in 86, 87, and 88. And I remember sitting beside uh, at rendezvous, specifically sitting beside Dougie Wilson, and he was so down because his team was so down. Well, Josh Morrissey gets to strut into that all-star locker room. Like, you know, <laughs> he's just going to have a little saunter in that step going in there and saying, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the designated player for the, uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. And by the way, we're having a really good year. Well, and everyone will know that, especially if Bones is the uh, the guy on the coach. Again, for folks that are wondering how that works, it's point percentage for the team. Whatever team has the best point percentage on Wednesday will get the nod. And um, the Jets are in that spot right now. They got to win that game tomorrow and get Bones in there. And uh, 
Wouldn't that be it? Wouldn't that be cool? Speaking of that game tomorrow, Dave, um, you know, Detroit is a team out in the East. We haven't seen very much of them. I know you have a little bit. I mean, what do you make? They're what, uh, just above 500 right now, 16, 15, and 7. Um, what have you seen from the Red Wings? What will be facing the Jets tomorrow? And um, what can you tell us about Andrew Kopp and his new home this season? So I, I've had Detroit, I think, at least four or five times. I've been in Detroit a couple times and also had them uh, as part of the studio and part part of part of that as well. Um, I think they're on this, a similar curve. And I put any of the four teams in the Atlantic division that didn't finish in the playoffs last year in Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa, and Montreal have all had some sort of acceleration this year Montreal's clearly fell off in the last little bit but Buffalo Ottawa and Detroit are on very similar paths Andrew and Detroit being ahead of both right now I believe maybe Buffalo just passed them but they're all right together literally a point apart two points apart um this model when you study it is eerily like Tampa was the difference being for Steve Eisman is is who are his superstars up front. He inherited Steven Stamkos. He drafted Nikita Kucherov and later Braden Point and three star players up front. And then he has the superstar in defense in Hedman and the better than superstar in net in, in Vasilevsky. And, and that's the model he's trying to build. So in Detroit, he's got his defenseman. He's got Marit Sider. And I think he's got Simon Edmondson coming as well. I think defense, he's got it. Um, he's gambling, I think, on Sebastian Kosa to be the guy that's, you know, they're going to bring along slowly and hopefully be a top caliber goaltender, a high first round draft pick. Up front, I'm not sure. He's got some good players, but I'm not sure he's got the superstar status of the players. And they'll have to make a decision on Dylan Larkin and see exactly where he is contractually. He's in his UFA year. Uh, Lucas Raymond's a real nice young player. They got some big kids at Elmer Soderblom, six foot eight. Um, he's going to be a pretty good player. He's only 21 years old. But the uh, Zadina, not sure about Valeno, not, you know, they haven't quite, these are all high picks that haven't quite taken the step that are necessary to do what he was able to do and build a championship team down in Tampa. But you'll see a lot of the same things. And then he propped them up this year. You mentioned Andrew Kopp, um, David Perron, Ben Sherratt, bringing in some guys. And it, and if you look, he did the same thing at a similar point in, in Tampa to buy a little more time for his youth and to give his youth mo role models to follow. And, and, you know, I don't think, I mean, Andrew hasn't put up the numbers he put at, put up in new york last year which you know that finish he had in new york was outstanding and, and more offense than really the winnipeg jets fans had seen over the years from andrew but um just a, a really good player and a great person obviously but um i think they're a team that's still a year or two away from competing for the playoffs and, and where they want to be yeah the um you know you mentioned the it, it is fascinating comparing the Tampa model and what happened there to the way Steve Eiserman has sort of been conducting his business. Um, and I'm with you. I mean, if people have not had a chance to see more at cider, 
Um, and he's good. He, he's he really is, good. He is good. And what is he, 21 years old right now? I mean, and he's got an edge too. And, you know, he had played pro oh. hockey over in Europe and he, he actually played for the same club team in Sweden that I did, Rugla Bandy Club, BK. And uh, he's got an edge and he's a little bit nasty. And Edmondson, the big kid, the six foot six inch defenseman they took in the first round, he was a six overall pick a couple of years ago. He was in Grand Rapids and and percolating nicely. And I get a good feel for Grand Rapids. One of my former players, Ben Simon, is the head coach there. And and the responsibility on, on Ben Simon is to develop players. That's what it is. And that's what their goal is. That's what it was in Syracuse. And amazingly, you know, when Tampa built their model, they didn't own their minor league team, Andrew. Um, in either Norfolk, when Cooper was the coach, they put the coach there, obviously, or in Syracuse. And Syracuse is one of the great dinosaur teams if you will privately owned team howard dolgan's the owner there and a great you know minor league owner but the relationship he has with tampa obviously is so good and they've developed in the proper manner and developed players that you know have become very good nhl players so i think he's on the same wavelength and he does own no i guess he doesn't he he doesn't own grand rapids they have a great affiliation obviously with with the devos family yeah, and of course the DeVos family. I mean, they go back to Grand Rapids back when uh, the Moose were in the IHL at the time. Oh yes, and, you know, been a big part of that for a long time. Hey, just before we move off, I mean, tomorrow's game. But the one guy I've got to ask you about, which I think shocked a lot of people, that he was on the waiver wire last week and then cleared was Jacob Vrana. Um, you know, he's been in the uh, NHL Player Assistance Program. Uh, but this is a guy that, you know, has incredible talent, Dave. I mean, um, how did he end up on waivers and how did he clear? Well, I think they thought he had to get back on track and part of it was playing hockey and they risked put him on waivers. And, and I'm not, you know, I guess those questions abounded and, and no one wanted to take that risk. But boy, oh boy, that's a good hockey player. That's a really, really good hockey player. and. You know, let's hope he gets it squared away and let's hope he does it in Detroit. That would be there. I guess they could have done, maybe they could have done the two week conditioning program without going on waivers. I'm not sure if that's coming out of the program, if that's one of the options you have where you can send a player down. Well, I think they did that and then they needed more time. They needed and more that was time, why right. he so actually went extend. in there. And, and I'm not sure whether it was a gentleman's agreement amongst GMs that, hey, listen, this guy. Um, needs this time to go there. This is in his best interest right now, and maybe team go away. But you just don't see a, a, a player of that caliber very often on the waiver wire. Certainly, that gets all through it. And how, whatever and he's it one is, of the top five on five guys in the league, Andrew. Like well, think about what they gave up to get him too, Dave. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Mantha, and uh, yeah, and so let's hope he gets it squared away. And I, and I'm glad that. It, if you, in fact, think it was a gentleman's agreement or the premise of that, that, that's even more impressive to me to give a player the opportunity to come back from something like that. Um, and let's hope he gets it back on track. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, listen, before we go, I know you were paying attention to more than just the action on the ice. Um, NFL playoffs are set. Who uh, do, you, do you have a feeling? Do you have a lean on your <laughs> AFC and NFC winners right now as we uh, get ready for the big tournament starting with Wild Card Weekend? Now, 
this whole thing is going to be strange, right? With the whole Kansas city and how that's going to play out. And, you know, but once again, I'm glad they found a solution to that. And no one's complaining about it. It just, you know, with what, what are you supposed to do? I know, I know, but you can still see somebody saying, you know, um, yeah, the Buffalo bills. Is this a team of destiny now? You know, I mean, man, oh man, that, I had chills watching that opening kickoff yesterday. Unbelievable. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. And uh, I think they're going to be tough. I just do. I think I think they're going to be real tough. And um, James Duffy, Duffy rather would crush me if I didn't take his 49ers coming out of the NFC. But um, I don't know. I, I'm, I think I'm going to stick with Buffalo. And they'll be at home now. Um, so I, I think... I think I'm going to stick with Buffalo and say that Josh Allen's going to get it done. Well, you know, I mean, I'm a big Chiefs guy, so I'm very biased in this. But I will say this, and this is the really unfortunate thing about not being able to play that game. Um, but obviously, the right decision was made. I mean, the game and the result of that one was pretty irrelevant. Which, uh, when what happened to Demar Hamlin, and the best part of the weekend was that he is doing so much better. He's been communicating with teammates, it's with fans. Amazing. I mean, amazing. it's just, I mean, an amazing story. But, I mean, if you ask me, I mean, there's three elite teams in the AFC. It's the Bills, it's the Bengals, and the Chiefs. One of those teams is going to be going to the Super Bowl. And the fact that Kansas City was fortunate enough to win and get the bye and to at least not have to go through both of those teams, right? Um, even if they're playing the AFC Championship game on a neutral field, which I have no problem with and I don't think anyone has, um, you know, not playing this week and then in all likelihood being able to watch the Bills and the Bengals go at it, uh, which is a game that fans want to see that uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> it would be great. But, uh, well, we'll get you back on in a couple of weeks and we'll see what's happening as we uh, are at the midway point. But, of course, our main topic will be the Winnipeg Jets and uh, fingers crossed they can get that one for Bones tomorrow. We can talk about Rick Bonus at the All-Star Game along with Josh Morrissey and maybe another Jet or two, depending on what happens with the voting. Always a pleasure, Andrew. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the hockey. Thanks, Dave. Have a great one. Uh, there's our guy, Dave Poole. And man, what a fun conversation that is every week. Um, uh, we're going to talk to the Hammer, Jeff Hamilton, coming up in just a minute. Um, but just before we do that, i got to give a big thanks to our friends at Royal Sports for their amazing support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And it is the headquarters for sports fans in this city and province and has been for what, 40 years now as a locally owned business. Um, saw a lot of new jerseys over the course of the last few days around the rink. And if you want to get those sweet new retro reverse jerseys or maybe a jersey of someone that's become your favorite player, Royal is the spot to do it. You'll also check out thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, including plenty of exclusives. But it's not just Jets gear. You've got all that great bomber merchandise as well. Tons of NFL options for you. Major League Baseball, NBA, World Soccer. And now with the winter here, I just mentioned the skate trail is opening up. There's a lot of people that are looking for more casual skates, not necessarily needing a $1,000 pair to play in the National Hockey League. Royal Sports has some really affordable options if you're wanting to make the most of the uh, of the winter. Pop down and see everything they've got there, including their million-dollar inventory when it comes to sticks and hockey equipment. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway, Follow them on Instagram, Royal Sports Pemina. 
for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Um, guys, new year, new you. If you're thinking about upgrading the wardrobe, you know where to go for that. F Apparel at 190 Smith Street downtown. Andrew and his great staff are ready for you to come in and get suited up. Custom suits beginning at just $400. Incredible accessories and more than just custom uh, suits. I mean, shirts, golf pants, chinos, they've got it all. And fellas, if you're involved in a wedding party coming up this summer, make sure to talk to them about their great specials for wedding parties. Don't waste your money on rent and a tux, guys. Get to F Apparel. And 2023 grads as well. Free shirt for all those young grads as well as a great deal on it. Find out more. F Apparel. That's E-P-H Apparel.com online or down at 190 Smith Street. And, uh, I got to give a shout out to my friends down at Boston Pizza. I had a couple of BP visits on the weekend, checking out some of the football. And of course, after the game on Friday night, nothing better after a big win and a cold one and some delicious BP wings. You might not be heading out tonight, but I will suggest check out their game day deals because we've got a big football game tonight. TCU, Georgia for the college national championship. Be a great spot to go watch the game. But if you are staying home, you can always order all their great uh, bits, including the uh, jalapeno popper dip, which is new. Get that out. BostonPizza.com for citywide delivery. All right. Let's get the hammer in here and keep this show on the uh, going on the uh, hopefully on the rails. Hammer, what's up? How was your weekend? Yeah, Huss, uh, my weekend was awesome. Much better than a week ago when I struggled through your show as I had a, a napkin and, you know, producer, uh, producer Remo certainly earned his pay as he was cutting away from me several occasions so I could uh, could dry myself. Definitely much better. Still playing a sick game, though, as I enter my third week of um, vacation, and that is uh, what's going to happen first? Are my ears going to pop for my from my December 21st flight or is my bag going to arrive um, right now? It looked like uh, it, looked, it looked like a heavy victory possibly for the ears popped. Um, but I do have a tracking number on my bag now and it's supposed to arrive tomorrow before 5 PM. So right now it looks like the bag's going to win. Um, this the was from the trip. This was from the trip out to DC like before Christmas. Yeah. The ears ears were plugged and the bag was lost on the same day. And they're both still very much a part of my life weeks later. Well, you might be a walking embodiment of Murphy's Law right now. The Winnipeg Jets, however, are far from that. Five in a row and uh, what a weekend. I mean, I know the game yesterday was not certainly a blueprint for continued success in the National Hockey League. But I can tell you, being in the building... Seeing seven goals in the other end and 11 total was made for a very fun day. But we got to start it off with Friday and that win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. A win that, you know, I thought the Jets held their own, but certainly were probably on the short end of the five-on-five play, but made the most of their opportunities on the power play and came up huge on the penalty kill. And as I talked about at the beginning of the program, I mean, you will have games between good teams going head-to-head where often special teams is the difference. And... It was the special teams that ended up getting the Winnipeg Jets a massive two points in a game that felt like a playoff game, as Dave Poulin just mentioned. Man, that might be that might be my favorite Winnipeg Jets game. I want to say almost ever. Um, certainly under the Rick Bonus era so far, I thought that was just a terrific game. I wasn't in the building, but it was a sold out uh, kind of life center, which we know hasn't always been the case in the last couple of years. 
Uh, so that's certainly nice for for the crowd. Oh, the, and Friday night, team. awesome and Friday crowd night, as well. No people were uh, people were enjoying themselves, and and listen, the action on the ice gave them a lot of reason to uh, to cheer. But everything around that game was great, and obviously, the vibe in the building just going into the game, getting a chance to see Nikolai Ehlers out there for the first time since the home opener, along with Wheeler, Perfetti, and Schmidt. I was really wondering how that would go with all those guys coming back into a game against an opponent like that. And I think certainly those guys were not close to their 100% max, but um, man, they look good. Ehlers looked far better Sunday into, into Friday, but Everyone had a little piece of it, but was we weren't as much talking about the guys returning as the guys that have been doing so much to get them to this point coming up big again, especially the PK. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the PK has been, I don't want to say necessarily the bread and butter of this team. We all know that Connor Hellebuck and his play between the pipes has been the bread and butter of this team, followed by a couple other things. But certainly if there's been consistency um, outside of the net, it's been on than the play of the penalty kill. I mean, they've been a top five unit pretty much all season long. That's a tough Tampa Bay group. Um, and kudos to the power play, right? I mean, yeah, you're supposed to score on five and three, you know, five on three opportunities. Well, that's not always, not always the case. So to, to convert not just one, but both of those, I thought that was an impressive group. I mean, you mentioned the guys returning. I think I, I think everybody shared at least a bit of your, you know, your mindset, Huss, and that, there was a curiosity on how these guys, you know, how well they would bounce back. I mean, there was some warnings from Rick bonus about, you know, giving them some opportunities, some time to, to adjust obviously from, from lengthy injuries. But I thought overall, I mean, yeah, Nikolai Ehlers looked rusty. He didn't look like he was, you know, he definitely looked like a guy who wanted to, you know, who missed, certainly missed, you know, missed hockey, missed the game and what maybe wanted to do a little bit too much too early. And, um, and certainly battling the, the, the rust, uh, the rusty legs. I mean, anyone who's ever been in any injury, no matter what league you're in, there's a big difference between skating on your own and with your teammates in practice and, and game action. So, um, but yeah, certainly saw a turnaround from Nikolai Ehlers in that second game and saw flashes. And, but I think, you know, even, even with the, you know, I thought Schmidt was steady, um, you know, Blake Wheeler coming back from the injury that he came back from nothing short of impressive. And, you know, I, you know, I'll steal, uh, Rennie from the Rennie's take on the on the Kenny on Kenny and Rennie show post game. I thought that you know Wheeler didn't necessarily do anything special to stick out, but I don't think he did anything negative to stick out too, which I think is pretty much what you what you want out of a guy who's been missing. You know, who's that later in his career has missed that much hockey. But I think it was just the overall spark. You know, I think for a while there, you know, while they were still able to churn out some of the results, I don't think it was all that easy. I mean, they were you know, with all due respect to guys deeper in the depth chart, they're scraping a bit of the bottom of the barrel. They were, you know, they were forced to constantly shift lines, sometimes on the fly-in games. Uh, there was a, you know, revolving door on that top line. And, you know, who was going to play with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor? Well, you know, how nice does it look to have a guy like Nikolai Ehlers playing on that line? And, and certainly, you know, when you look at Blake Wheeler and Cole Perfetti and Mark Shifley, I don't think they necessarily had you know, a terrific weekend here, but I, but I definitely think they were playing great hockey prior to injuries uh, to Blake Wheeler and Cole Perfetti. So I think it's just a matter of time um, before that line gels. But yeah, I mean, we've been talking about treading water, about surviving, you know, these seemingly unfair level of, of injuries. And the Jets have done just that. And to, to be where they are right now, one point out of first place in the central calendar turns to 2023 guys are getting healthy. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of positives now to talk about this team as they head into a, a busy month here, particularly on the road. 
well, one point out of first by points. Mm -hmm. First place by points percentage, and that is key because on Wednesday, whatever team has the best points percentage will send their head coach to the All-Star game. And So key. Listen, I, 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 you know, this is, is in the big picture. Does it matter much? Well, I will say this. It might be some good proper recognition for individuals that, for instance, have Rick Bonus, Jack Adams wagers. Um, that would be the sort of thing. Cause I think a lot of, like a lot of what's happened in Winnipeg doesn't maybe get the um, attention that it would, if it was happening in New York or in Toronto, we all know the job that Rick bonus has done, but just that sort of recognition, it would be a team award as well. And I think everyone would be pretty proud to have him, uh, th that happen. And I have no idea whether that is going to be, I mean, I don't think Rick's going to be saying that in the post game comment. Hey guys, I need this one to get to South Florida. But I wouldn't be surprised if the players behind closed doors are saying that to each other uh, with a little bit of extra motivation to get that win and uh, see Bones get onto the bench for the Central Division, have the best seat in the house in a coaching gig that involves pretty much zero coaching. Yeah, like I think that's, yeah, I mean, depends what way you want to look at it. I mean, certainly a, certainly a uh, you know, would be a nice recognition, certainly a well-deserved recognition, um, certainly a boost to anybody who threw any sugar on, on early bets on him to be coach of the year. That, that's a nice little start, I guess. But I also wonder too, like, you know, Rick Bonus has been through a lot this year, right? I mean, he battled a, a pretty lengthy battle with COVID. He's, you know, he's not, he's not young. So I'm, I wonder if, if it wouldn't be just as nice, maybe, maybe not as much recognition from not being on the bench, but just as nice, maybe even more to, to get that full week off. And, um, to enjoy yourself but i will say this if he does make it to the nhl all-star game he will be by far the most popular person on the bench just for how many stops he's been at you know been at how many teams he's coached how many players he's influenced um how many coaches he's influenced nhl staff he's influenced so um any weekend with uh, rick bonus any hockey weekend with rick bonus is a better weekend but um you know you have to think at this point whether it's getting the whole week off or getting the recognition through the week, um, what feels like a bit of a win-win situation, if you ask me, for Rick Bonus. Well, for sure, and let's face it, this All-Star game is in South Florida, so I mean, I don't think that Bones. It's not like they're going to be uh, up late into the night game planning for the three-on-three tourneys. It's sort of show up and enjoy the recognition. Um, and listen, I think this would be big for the organization too. I mean, like let's face it, and. You know, I just saw a comment in chat and missed who it was talking about Kevin Sheveldayoff's role in all of this. And, um, you know, listen, there was a lot of doubts about where this team was, the lack of action that was certainly perceived by some, um, the lack of depth, which I think has been shown to be a fallacy from the players that have contributed so far, as well as some of the pickups that they've made this year, like a guy like Axel Janssen Fjallby, who scored yesterday. But overall, I think just it, it, it it would be very cool for the Jets organization, the fan base, everyone involved, and the players too, even if they're not participating, to have Bones go as kind of a sign of the fact that this first half of the season could literally not have gone much better. And not only could it not have gone much better, not a lot of people had that on their card when the puck dropped against the uh, Rangers in game number one. Yeah, I mean... Absolutely. I mean, he certainly is deserving of it. He's certainly deserving of the recognition. We've talked about Rick Bonus all year long. I mean, we've talked about him on what he, you know, as a prospective coach, when he got hired, it was what was he going to be able to do? Bonus effect was thrown out very early. And I think that's the, 
the impressive part with this and very much like a Barry Trotz, right? I mean, similar, different coaching styles, slightly different coaching styles, but similar reputations and their ability to bring out the most in the group that they have. And I don't know if there's a better, you know, a better reputation for a coach than that. And so, you know, you mentioned early on about, you know, where Kevin Sheveldayoff's role in this is. And I, you know, I certainly think you have to give him credit for standing pat, uh, you know, and w- with the guys that he had, as you mentioned off the top of the show. And, you know, we talked about pretty much all summer long was the need for this team to do something to make changes um, that what, you know, that the attitudes from some of the star players on the teams wasn't going to translate into improved years that they were almost write-offs, right? Well, I don't necessarily, I don't think that, that Kevin Sheveldayoff looked at this roster and was like, no, you know, all the things that everyone else has seen, you know, we're not seeing that this is, you know, whatever. But I do think it was, it's a bit of circumstance um, in that you didn't want to, you know, I don't know how much value was all high on, on a lot of those players after last year. And particularly there, you know, the, the, the rumors about the locker room and relationships and all those things. Um, so I don't know how much of it was a lack of trying, um, but I also think there's, there's knowing that, okay, well, whether it was Barry Trotz, um, or whether it was Rick bonus after that, giving this person the opportunity to make the most out of this team, to bring the best out of this team, right? And there was nobody, even the people who felt like this team needed a shakeup, nobody denied that this team wasn't talented on paper. I mean, this team was definitely talented on paper. They had, you know, they had star power up front. They had all the pieces, you know, elite goaltending and Connor Hallibuck. They had a lot of the pieces that, you know, you want for, you know, professional, you know, for a, sorry, a Stanley Cup contending team to have. And so, you know, certainly Rick Bonus coming in here and whether it's, you know, assembling and let's not take away from the staff with him either, whether it's Scott O'Neill, Brad Lauer, Marty Johnson, all of them bring something um, to the table, whether it be their hockey IQ and what, you know, systems related or off the ice when it comes to dealing with players, all are very personable human beings, you know, care about the individual, um, you know, reflect a lot of what Rick Bonus does in his day-to-day uh, in their work. So um, certainly, you know, an honor, uh, it, would, it would certainly be an honor for Rick Bonus. It would certainly be an honor for the players. I'm sure they view Josh Morrissey's nod um, as, as that as well as a, you know, as a, as a, you know, feeling good for him as someone who's, you know, a year ago, I don't know if he would have envisioned this for himself. I'm not saying he, you know, Josh Morrissey didn't have confidence in himself, but um, he's certainly taken his game to a whole new level. And that's been part of Rick Bonus's new structure, Rick Bonus's new, you know, bringing in a style of play that works obviously well for players like Josh Morrissey and their, you know, his skill set on the blue line, but for everybody who is, who's bought in and um, gets to see their teammates celebrated. I think that's one of the biggest things this year versus other years is enjoying and celebrating other players, other other people's success um, beyond your own. And uh, certainly that would reflect in whoever gets a nod, whether it's Morrissey and more people or uh, just Morrissey himself for this year's All-Star. Well, and I'll game. say this about Chevy too, um, because, I mean, listen, the bonus effect started the day, well, apparently, I mean, you're talking to players, I mean, basically the day he got hired and he started reaching out, communicating with them and what he was able to do throughout the summer. But, I mean, we all remember before training camp even started, that Friday down at the Iceplex, where he announced that Blake Wheeler was no longer going to be the captain. They were going without a captain. Blake Wheeler spoke to that day. I, I do not believe for a second that that was Rick Bonus being lone wolf going in, hey, I've talked to some of these guys on the phone and this is what we're doing. Make no mistake about it. That was also an organizational move 
that was identified by people that had been here last year, including the general manager. And listen, I think that from that moment, they have been trending in the right direction as a team, as a culture. And um, even still with all that, it still is pretty amazing to see where they are right now. Um, all that being said, and I guess this goes back to Chevy uh, in some ways, because, and listen, this is part of the job, right? I mean, you take a lot of bullets and when things aren't going well, um, you're second guessed about literally everything that you do. But I do remember plenty of conversations on how the Jets completely blown it with Andrew Kopp last year, keeping him on and then moving him at the last possible minute. I had a fun conversation on the weekend, you know, just as we're getting into this game against Detroit, talking about Andrew Kopp and thinking about the return that Cheveldea ended up getting for him. Like Morgan Barron is a big part of this team right now. And we had some fun being all shocked that he won the fastest skater. Well, he showed some of those wheels on Friday night, scoring that empty netter. Um, obviously got a tap in yesterday from Adam Lowry. And then obviously the caveat that they put in with the Rangers playoff performance, turning that second round pick into a first rounder. That's now Brad Lambert, who is a top prospect for the team. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, quietly, a lot of things have gone well. And if you go back at the moves that they've made, what they've given up, how that's worked out, I mean, that's a big part of this blueprint as well. So, um, just interesting, but specifically about Barron. I mean, what, what have you seen of him and, I mean, considering, uh, listen, Andrew Kopp, I'm not sure whether he's there yet. Kopp was a real jackknife for this team and, you know, was able to play in a whole bunch of different areas. And I guess we've seen at times Barron had to do that along with others with all the injuries this year. Um, but that's a deal right now, regardless of the first round pick, considering you knew Kopp was gone at the end of the season. That's worked out very well for Winnipeg. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how can how can you argue with any of that? Um, that being said, how nice would it be to have a guy like Andrew Kopp on your team right now? You know what I mean? I mean, that was uh, you know, let's not forget what Andrew Kopp meant to this to this. Let me, let me ask you this: What would you rather have, Andrew Kopp at almost six million dollars, or Morgan Barron on an ELC? I'd rather have Andrew Kopp probably at six million dollars than. Then well, keep Morgan in mind, then you're then you're ELC clipping right another now. four. Then, then you're well, clipping no, I mean, another four you ask me who I want. I'm not, hey, I, hey, I didn't I didn't check with the bean counters. You asked me who I want. Well, no, but know? I mean, every one of those questions and answers has to be kind of thought through under well, just, the auspices I, look, I, I, of reality. I, don't of even have a, I wasn't even necessarily trying to counter to the point. I just don't think it should be lost in our in the conversation that you know Andrew Kopp was one of the few players on the team who played in every situation played power play, he played penalty kill, he played even strength. He was a big piece of the puzzle. And you, you'd like to think with some different asset management, you could have had a guy like Andrew Kopp for a few more years. Anyways, that being said, certainly cannot look at, at the, at the hall in which they've got um, and, and be disappointed with it. I mean, I think Morgan Barron has been playing very great, very well this season. I mean, um, obviously dealt with some injury issues earlier on in training camp and at the start of the year. Um, you know, I think there's, I think you don't really know, or, or do you know what you get in Morgan Barron, right? I, I think we're still trying to figure out where his offensive upside is. I think right now he he, he certainly has a he he has a you know a, a spot a cemented spot on that third line. I think he you know he plays hard on the puck. He plays responsible hockey. I think he's one of the guys. Um, I think he's a guy that's easy to coach, um, and not just in the way he you know he handles himself, but in the way he you know, takes in and registers information. I think he's a quick learner. Um, this is somebody that Rick Bonus was certainly high on early on, just 
had this intrigue over what Morgan Barron could be to this team early in the training camp. And so when, you know, when he got the injury, it kind of derailed a little bit of that momentum, but he's, he's recaptured that and everything. And I think it's one of those things too, that, and I wrote about this a couple months ago, um, um, a couple months ago is that I think the landing spot, the team, the culture, the landing spot for guys that are new to the organization or come up from the moose and get that opportunity. I think that culture has been, that's been one of the biggest benefits is to someone like Morgan Barron, who isn't maybe holding the stick as tightly as he would last season. Right. Remember when he came in last year, it was kind of under Dave Lowry. It was, you know, he, you know, it was. Well, it's a great well. point, Jeff. Can you imagine? I mean, if you had just an off the record conversation or, you know, what Morgan Barron thought of the situation that he came into last year, post-trade deadline, in the final month of that disappointing, miserable season, compared to the feeling around the team right now. He'd be oh. one of the most interesting people to do because his first impressions were basically playing the games where we started hearing from all these guys afterwards on their level of frustration that I've never heard before, certainly from a Jets team, and you'd rarely hear ever from the NHL, compared to the success that they're having right now. I mean, we use the term, oh, it's a complete 180. It literally is a complete 180 from what they had last year. Well, it's absolutely the truth. And the other thing, too, I mean, if you just want to kind of get into the mental side of games, it's a pretty well-known thing that you never really want to be, you know, you want to be claimed on waivers to a certain degree. Like, if you continue to be placed on waivers and you keep on clearing, there's probably a little bit of disappointment there but you always want to stick with the team that drafted you. That will be the team that put the most thought into you, that will give you the longest leash. And so I imagine there was a lot of feelings going through Morgan Barron's head last year when he was part of that trade. Um, you know, and, and especially going to a group that, yeah, let's face it, compared to, to this season and what we've seen is, is night and day. And so, um, you know, I'm sure that was part of the conversations over the off season and uh, just the way that Rick bonus handles his business, you know, like, I mean, I think he, he gives you a leash. He still holds you accountable, but he gives you a leash. He doesn't, he doesn't, um, you know, harp on, on mistakes unless you continue to make the same one. He, you know, he lets you play a little bit freer. Um, I don't know if that was always the case last year. It felt like because of where the Winnipeg Jets were last season, particularly under Dave Lowry after Paul Maurice left, it was like they were playing for their playoff lives from the moment on. It was just, you know, it was just like every every lineup decision needed to be made with such, you know, felt like it came with such magnitude that if you didn't deliver or if you didn't, you know, make the most of your opportunity, then you you lost it. And yeah, I just I think that just brings me back to to where it is now. Um, the feeling and, you know, and, and that's not just for Morgan Barron, that was for guys like Jansen Harkins and, um, you know, Kevin Stenlin and, you know, Mikey Acemont and, you know, the list goes on guys that, you know, guys that we didn't think that we would be talking about most likely, you know, January, um, about their contributions to the team and uh, for a club that was, that was, you know, points percentage at the top of their division at this point in the year. So, um, obviously a lot of credit goes to guys like Morgan Barron and, and 
players were taking full advantage of their opportunity, but I'll say it again. I really do think the landing spot here at Winnipeg is much different than it used to be, and it, and it works in a way that gives you the best opportunity to take advantage of that, and that's exactly what we've seen more often than not with guys getting their opportunity in this lineup through injuries or otherwise. And just bringing this back to, to Barron in that line, I mean, Joey Panks makes a great point in chat. There should be a line out the building to play with Lowry. His wings have made some big money. Um, Adam Lowry's having quietly, I think, his best season in the National Hockey League. And, um, you know, we saw him being an impact to player and difference maker yesterday. And often some of the things like PK maybe don't show up as much on the score sheet or on the stats until you really dig a little bit deeper. But yesterday was a perfect example. I mean, Morgan Barron could play for another 15 years. I don't think he's getting an easier goal than he got thanks to the setup from Lowry yesterday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about Adam Lowry? I mean, um, just consistency in all areas and adding that punch that scoring punch this year obviously um you know a guy who's not afraid to go to the dirty areas is a you know a massive piece of the of, of that top five penalty killing unit uh, a guy who brings it every night a guy who knows how to be you know isn't going to be relied on to score goals every game you know that's not not what he's paid to do. It's not, you know, necessarily his role is, is, you know, leans heavily on the offensive side, but he knows how to be a, you know, he knows how to bring something to every single game, whether it's, whether it's that defensive prowess on, on the PK, whether it's, it's being, you know, that shutdown line against the opponent's top team, whether it's uh, being that physical presence, right. When the game hits a lull and the, and the bench seems a little bit quiet, um, he's not afraid to step up and be a, uh, you know, be be that physical presence, be that fighter. So, you know, and, and and that's I think I think what I think that's another theme that's kind of that's that's seeped into this room is is that you know everyone feeling a part of it, right? Everyone feeling like they're bringing value to the team's success. And I think you're getting that. And I think part of that is whether it's Adam Lowry and what you know the opportunity he's received, even on you know the power play in some instances, um, is you know Rick Bonus putting players in the position to feel a part of it. I mean, I'd be, I'd be curious to know what the conversations were between Rick bonus and Adam Lowry this year, much like we've heard from other players, whether it's Josh Morrissey, whether it's Mark Shifley, whether it's Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, a little bit more, maybe a little bit more, you know, higher end or higher profile players on the team. I'd be curious to know what Rick bonus's conversation was with Adam Lowry over the off season, what, what he viewed he could be doing better. Right. I mean, Adam Lowry's been fairly consistent throughout his years here, but he's been that consistent third line, you know, centerman shutdown guy. Still very much that player, but he's bringing a you know an added element, an added offense to it. And I'm wondering, you know, what kind of effect that might have had um, in conversations with with Rick Bonus because you know it'll be an interesting you know he'll be an interesting player too here as we as we you know as he's you know he's also been tried out on the wing before. I mean, there's there is the there is the uh, you know the the, the trade deadline coming up here and you know, that was a neat wrinkle in the future. That was a neat wrinkle. Um, I, I think that, I think that's setting something up, man. I think that might be more than just a guy that might be just a little bit of a sneak peek, depending on what the jets can pull off this. Uh, well, and, and you know what? It's funny. Um, you know, and I know a lot of people are thinking right now, Oh, Lowry going back onto that line. Okay. Yeah. Shifley, Perfetti, Lowry. Um, considering, how the the heaviness, if you will, to use a, a cliche hockey term of what the playoffs are, especially in this division, I wouldn't at all be surprised if it's in fact Adam Lowry, Blake Wheeler, 
and Mark Shifley if they were going to go to that. And maybe Cole Perfetti finds a, maybe a different spot in the lineup. Um, Interesting. Listen, he's mo- he's most set for playing top six, for sure. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You you think of well, where does Cole fit in if he's not in that spot? And there's a good argument for that. But I'll tell you what, with the way Wheeler has played so far this season, and I think we'll give him a few games to hopefully get back to that level after coming back from a very painful injury, one that he came back sooner from than everyone expected. The wrinkle of what Rick Bonus did with Adam Lowry during those injuries, I think absolutely gives them an option. So let's move that back before we finish up to Shevel Dayoff. I mean, he sees what as what Bones has been doing, certainly knows what Bones likes, what's been effective for the team, the personnel that they have. If we're now starting to look at what's on Kevin Dayoff's list when they get to the trade deadline, what do you think the priority is? Best case scenario, what are the Jets adding? Oh, I think this is like, you know, it's a great question. And, and it's not a not saying I don't have a great answer per se, but I do think it's got to be significant. I think this is... This has got to be notable, right? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets go after a guy like Jonathan Taves. You know, I, whether Jonathan Taves could play wing or center, that would free up absolutely you know, a guy like Adam Lowry to go up to that top line, like Blake Wheeler drop down to a third line, if you want to call it that. I mean, I think these are, you know, you talk about a guy who, you know, Rick Bonus and how much he how much he cares about faceoff draws. Well, I mean, the relationship the Jets have with the Jets have with Chicago. I mean, I, I don't know. I almost think it's too obvious to be honest with you. Um, but I, you know, there's other guys out there for sure. I mean, I, I thought this is an interesting one. Now, I don't know what the, what the odds are, but what about a guy like Klingberg? Oh, John Klingberg. Yeah. Listen, I, mean, I think, if, I think if they're going to add, I think if they're going to add a big piece on the blue line, I think it's probably, a guy that is uh, listen i don't think i don't think their their focus is trying to boost the offensive side of their blue line i think they've got the guys playing that way i think they'd look for a guy that can go and eat 20 25 minutes a night to be oh 100% i think you know, yeah if you got a guy who can eat 20 to 25 minutes yeah sign him up i don't know if you know there's other guys too i mean i don't know i think the bo horvat the, the whole idea of a Bo, a Bo Harvat coming here, I mean, that's that's more than a rental, obviously. That's a, you'd think, or, you know, you'd think. Well, he's be, a UFA. I mean, I guess you'd have to sign him. <laughs> I mean. Well, yeah, I know. But, I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't mean more than a rental, but you don't really want a guy like Bo Har- Horvat, you know, coming through, you know, these, and then leaving. You know what I mean? It's just one of the, he's going to be expensive, the cost would be obviously. So high. Yeah. yeah, the cost would be so high. It's, you know, it really is expensive. You know, there's Barbashev is another guy whose name's been tossed out there. Um, you know, I just think they need to bring in, look, they have a lot of good pieces, but I think they, they need to bring in some security. Um, they need to bring in some depth, um, some experience. Um, and, and if they can do that. ticks off every one of those. And I mean, he is a Winnipeg guy. I mean, you know, I think, you know, and he's also on the worst team in the league right now. I mean, I can't imagine it's very fun for Jonathan Taves right now, being a member and the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks. What would the cost be? Like I've said on record, I think Kevin Cheveldayoff should stick that first round pick, put it in the safe, and do not touch it. Where this team is, where they're going, the contracts that'll be ending in the next couple years, the draft, the quality of the draft this year, I think it's important to maintain that as well as those first rounders that they've played, that they've you know picked over the last couple seasons. But I mean, 
Taves missed an entire year. He had 12 goals in 71 games last year and 37 points. And he's actually bounced back pretty well this year. He's got, he's basically a point, a half a point a game guy, 11 goals, 21 points in 38 games. There's the intangibles, the leadership, the face-offs, all of those things. Um, and not to mention a massive salary too, which is difficult for other teams to get it. I mean, could you get Jonathan Taves for a second round pick and maybe a prospect? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Like, I, I mean, maybe like I, I, it will be interesting too. Well, if it was I you, mean, would you trade your first round pick for Jonathan Taves knowing that he's a UFA at the end of the season? I think if you, if you are in a position where you're leading your division, where you are, you've shown signs that the Jets have shown all season long to be in it. This doesn't feel like a, you know, like, a, okay, pretty good team. And uh, up in the stands, it looks like a good team. This looks like they could be a top five team in the NHL. They're currently a top five team in the NHL through points percentage. But I believe that they could be. I think you, yeah, I think holding on to first, first round picks, um, you know, that's and especially when you consider this team with what they, you know, with with the potential of who they could lose and the potential of what their team could look like in two years time. I think you have to go all in on these next couple of years. I think these are your especially this season. I mean, this is especially if you can if you get up to that trade deadline and the Winnipeg Jets are doing exactly what they've been doing all season long. I think it'd be a massive disappointment to have your first round pick in your uh, in your back pocket after trade deadline. Um, knowing, you know, understanding where this team is at and where and the damage it could do, and ultimately the help that it needs to put itself up there with some of the best teams in the league, like the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I mean, you'd need to. Well, listen. I guess if the team kept playing at the clip that they are right now, and we're in the same position as you get to the deadline, maybe I personally would be a little bit more open to that. But. Um, you know, when you talk about an asset like that in the organizational situation the Winnipeg Jets are in, I mean, you'd really need to be convinced that that is the guy that's going to put you over the top because. Oh, and that and that's the caveat here. I'm not saying you don't just get rid of your first round pick for the sake of getting rid of your first round pick. Yeah. that's not my point. My point is is that if you have a piece that can fight for some of the big fish out there, and a first is is the asking price, and it's not this astronomical asking price compared to previous years, then yeah, you definitely need to entertain. No, it's a real interesting. Hey, just quickly before we go, um, uh, we got a regular season in the books. Uh, what are you thinking about the upcoming playoffs? Uh, AFC, NFC, how many teams do you think that are in it right now? I see three in the AFC. And to be honest, I think the Niners are the team in the, uh, like I'm, I am not sold on the Philadelphia Eagles. And maybe that's foolish considering how well they played when they were healthy earlier this year. And they're going to get the extra week for Jalen Hurts to get healthy. But uh, is there anyone out? Like, are you? Do you think the Cowboys have a shot, or is, are people sleeping on the Vikings? Uh, what do you Ugh, think? No, like I'm with <laughs> you. Like I think there's three teams. Like I almost feel like there's way more pretenders in this than contenders. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I obviously like I like uh, I like the Bengals. I think they've been a surprisingly good team. I think they could make a bit of a run here. They scare the um, hell out of me as a Chiefs fan. You know, I'll tell you they that. They should, and they should. Um, you know, the Bills seem destined for great things this year. Um, the Chiefs, obviously, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, you look at some of these, 
you know, the 49ers cannot be, you know, cannot be denied. That's a, you know, a great defense and, you know, Mr. Irrelevance suddenly becoming Mr. Superstars. So, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of exciting teams, but I don't know, just you look at the way the NFL has played out this year and I would not be surprised if there was more fireworks and more, you know, things are shaking your head at and can't explain in this playoffs. So I'm looking forward to every second of it, to be honest with you. Some big, uh, some big overs in those AFC games coming up. Um, Hammer, great stuff as always. Uh, hope you continue to feel better. May your ears pop. May your bags show up and uh, may your bets hit. We'll talk to you next week. Perfect uh, send off. Thanks so much for having me on Hus. Uh, really appreciate it. Yep. Glad to be feeling better. And, uh, as always, shout out to the viewers, you guys would make this show, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Hey, sorry, I lied very quickly Uh-oh. on the way out. Um, I know it's a quiet time. You haven't been working tons. We saw Stanley Bryant last week. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, of all people, if you're hearing anything percolating with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, just what the latest is on the Bombers' offseason. Yeah, not much. I mean, Stanley Bryant, it almost felt like it was took too long. You know, I, I thought that one was for sure. I mean... I'm trying to think of who's signed and who isn't signed. I mean, um, Jackson Jeffcoat's still all over the marketing materials for next year. Yeah, yeah, I think he's, you know, I think it's just a matter of time for him to, I think it's a matter of time for a handful of guys. If there is any, you know, if, you know, if, I don't know, if you're a Bombers fan, I don't think you can be all that disappointed um, over the last few years with as far as retention, you know, retaining players and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think this, I think there's a, you know, a big feeling out there. Uh, of unfinished business, obviously, after the disappointing loss to, to Toronto in the Grey Cup. So I think a lot of guys aren't, you know, might be less, we're, we're less inclined to maybe test the waters and finish off this, you know, solidify this dynasty that they've been building over the last few years. There's going to be some players. I always think it's, you know, and this is, this isn't, this is only because um, just a gut feeling, if anything. I'm, I'm very curious about Nick Dembski and what his future is. You know, he's the kind of guy that, um, you know, certainly respects his time here, respects his teammates, loves what Winnipeg has done for his career, loves being a Winnipeg Blue Bomber, but is also, the, you know, comes across to me as a guy who's also smart in the business side of things, right? Knows that football isn't, you know, isn't a forever game. And, um, and I don't want to classify him as a guy chasing the money, but I would classify him as a guy that would, would maybe seek out his options, see what, see what opportunities are out there. But that, that being said, hell, it could be this end of this weekend. He's, he's inked to a deal and we're talking about it on the, uh, on the show next week. So I definitely, you know, I don't have anything, you know, percolating per se on, on, you know, what the next move is going to be with the bombers, but I've never had a feeling of, you know, in the conversations I've had and continue to have of any concern that the, that the bombers are going to lose any, uh, any significant piece. So it feels like more of a matter of time and a matter of dollars and a matter of cents. Um, and ultimately I think this is, uh, you know, you're going to see a very good blue bombers team return to the field this, this spring. Hammer. Thanks for everything. Awesome hit as always, man. Take it easy. Always a pleasure, my man. Take care. Um, great stuff with Jeff. And by the way, geez, we're pushing 500 in the chat today right now. Folks, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. And uh, I know the gang's getting those thumbs up. Hopefully we can get to 200 for the show as well. Be very nice. We're 8.59K subscribers. Be nice to get up to 8.6 by the end of the show. Uh, and again, New Year's resolution for everyone. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Grab their phone. Show them how to subscribe on YouTube. Show them how to get the podcast every day. And uh, welcome them in. A lot of fun and good things happening right now on WST. Subscribe on YouTube today. Um, 
well, with that bomber, a little bomber report, had to make sure we got that in because we'll be talking more bombers and more CFL offseason as we continue to get closer to getting back to IG Field and back to the Princess Auto tailgate zone and all the great times at IG Field. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsor of our bomber reports on Winnipeg Sports Talk and the Bombers and WST and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. And speaking of Princess Auto, of course, they're proud sponsors of Team Reed Carruthers, as well as Team Jennifer Jones. And just saw Reed treat out the new look for his team competing in the Grand Slam circuit, including Brad Jacobs, who, uh, of course, is the replacement for Jason Gunlickson, who left the club just a few weeks ago. Um, so we'll be all over that. We'll see if we can get Reed on over the, in the uh, next week or two to find out about how things are shaping up and what he's going to do for provincials. Obviously, with Brad Jacobs not eligible as he's competing as a skip in northern Ontario. Um, the other New Year's resolution, folks, drink more water. That's a guaranteed W for 2023. And uh, if you need better water and water services, we got someone for you. Our friends at Culligan Water, family owned and the experts in the business for over 65 years here in the peg. They've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. 1200 Sargent Avenue is where you can find them. 694-5180 on the horn or find out all that they can do for you, your family, or your office online at drinkculligan.com. And I do got to give a thanks to James and the gang from Canadian Club. I know Chris had a great time at the game winning the tickets in the marble race on Friday. Uh, I know some people probably had a great time sipping a little of Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club, on the weekend. Right now, at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts, the Canadian Club 12-year is on a big discount, the biggest of the year. And they've also got great deals on their brand-new Rightful Rye, which is available at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Make sure to look for displays and get those great savings right now from Canadian Club at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, let's get Remus back in here because we do have lots to get to. Um but Remo, great stuff with Dave, great stuff with Hammer. The chat's going off, and the why not question of the day was popped into the chat, and it was about should the Jets try to acquire Jonathan Taves at the deadline? And I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised with the results right now in the chat. Yeah, well, I think part of the thing is the question didn't have what's the cost going to be. And so a lot of, yeah. I think it was 60% of the people said no, they should not. And I think it was more than so. I think everyone wants Jonathan Taves, but... If it means giving up a first-round pick, people don't feel he's worth that or don't feel he's worth the salary. I saw some people saying, you know, another guy on Chicago who does have ties to Winnipeg who's playing well is Max Domi, and we saw what he did in the playoffs last year for Carolina before parlaying that to a contract with Chicago. I, I assume they're going to tr be trading basically everyone Chicago as they uh, try to get their best odds possible to uh, get the first overall pick for Connor. Uh, Connor Bedard this uh, off season. So, um, well, the other the other thing the other thing, and it's a great point that you make with Domi. Um, they signed him and Athanasiu to one year deals, expiring contracts at the end of this season, and those players 
for better or worse, were probably um, signed to be traded. I mean, the best case scenario for the Chicago Blackhawks is they continue to try to bottom out and give themselves the best chance to, you know, uh, uh, get Connor Bedard is to get great value in terms of picks and prospects for Kane and Taves. If that does happen and they're both open to moving, which I believe they are, and Athanasiu and Domi, both on those expiring contracts. And then you've got another group of players, including Tyler Johnson, Jason Dickinson, Blackwell, Lafferty, um, that are all UFAs after one more year. And actually, those last three guys, relatively inexpensive players as well. So I don't. I think Kyle Davidson's going to be quite busy as we get to the uh, to the trade deadline. It'll be interesting to see if any of those deals happen to include the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Sorry, Dave G says. Sorry, I spoke. Said everyone wants Taves. That's incorrect. Dave G says that's not correct. He says he says Taves is done. I don't know if I agree with that statement. I think with the right role, he could definitely fit in. Maybe done as, yeah, being the number one center on a Stanley Cup team. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but, but I think he can help teams win hockey yes. games, especially come playoff time. I, I think we'd be foolish to write him off right now. And to be honest, I think the energy of coming to an invigorated Winnipeg team, the potential of playing in the playoffs, the and do it in your hometown. I mean, there's a lot of cool stories around it as well. But the bottom line is this guy's a competitor, and what's happening in Chicago is the exact opposite of what he's done for the majority of his career right now. And, um, you know, listen, he is a little older. I'm not suggesting, you know, a big money extension or anything like that. But I think Jonathan Taves can help guys win hockey games and I think Rick Bonus would look at what Jonathan Taves brings to the table and think that could be a real real nice pickup for the Winnipeg Jets but I'm with a lot of people in chat at what cost I do not want the Jets to trade that first round pick this year I think that considering the changes of this club that are seemingly in the books in a year or two potentially means that you got to hang on to those pro, uh, those picks. And, I mean, maybe it's a prospect. Maybe it's a player right now that's in the organization. Um, you know, would that be able to get that job done? I'm not sure. I do think Chicago, you know, just speaking about Taves, is going to have some limited options. There'll be very few teams will have the money, the cap space, to add a player like Taves with how much he is owed. And on top of it all, he's got to be willing to go there. So, um, all that'll be an interesting topic going forward. And one other thing, and I know you did mention this and some people in the chat were talking about, and I haven't heard this yet, but I knew Elliot Friedman was speculating that there's been some talks about Ivan Provorov potentially coming to the uh, coming to the Jets and that Rick Bonus is a defenseman whisperer. Um, he's certainly done a great job with the defensemen that are with the Winnipeg Jets this season. Provorov's interesting, Remo, and I think the Jets had a lot of interest in him earlier on. He, of course, was a star with the Brandon Wheat Kings and has some ties to the province here. And he, like so many players in the Philadelphia Flyers, have a lot of talent but are right now mired in an absolutely miserable situation. But you do wonder what the cost would be to get Ivan Provorov. And we've talked about how packed and stacked the defense core is right now with guys like Billy Hainala and Logan Stanley when he's back, probably on the outside looking in. You know, are you trading a defenseman that's already on your roster for Provorov, where he fits in? And as I said, that's more of the good problems to have department, if you will, um, considering what the Jets have right now in the blue line. But I don't discount their interest in maybe fortifying it and maybe even adding a 
a more established top four defender that could come in. Not sure whether that's Provorov or not, but he's a name to watch, and it's already been mentioned by one of the top insiders in the game. Yeah, I'm trying to think if he comes in, who comes out? You know, we mentioned uh, Neil Pionk. Is this a salary for salary trade? Provorov making 6.75, and I'm just trying to think, like, who would he replace? Because, you know, Dylan DeMello's scoring goals. He's in a great pair with uh, the all-star Josh Morrissey. Um, Brendan Dillon gives you that toughness that maybe you don't have. Um, I'm kind of curious what the salary in, salary out in that situation works or whose spot is he taking? Well, and that and the one thing the Jets are in a great spot is the cap. Um, you know, even with all the players that they've had out, they've still been accruing cap space. They've been under the cap, and that is a big advantage when it comes to adding salary at the end of the year. Um, so anyways, these will be topics we'll look forward to continue to discuss here on the program as we, uh, you know, get into the second half of the season tomorrow, though, of course, the focus is on the jets and the Detroit red wings win and bones is in for the all-star game. And I just think that would be so cool for the, uh, for the organization and certainly for the guy that's been the architect of this massive turnaround this season. Um, Remo, we do, let's quickly, I, I do want to talk a little NFL with you before we're done. We'll get to the cool bet lines. But let's talk about this ice trade yesterday. And actually, there wasn't just one trade in the in the Western Hockey League. There was a couple of monster ones, but obviously the most important one to Winnipeg fans was the acquisition of Zach Ostapchuk, who, of course, we just saw win a gold medal with Canada, the World Juniors from the Vancouver Giants. Listen to the haul that Vancouver got back from Winnipeg. Skylar Bruce, who's been a big part of the ice success this year. Connor Dale. Prospects Hudson Landmark and Owen Breeze. A first and a fifth round pick in the 2024 WHL Prospects Draft. A first round pick in the 2025 WHL Prospects Draft. And a first round pick in the 2026 WHL Prospects Draft. Matt Cockle and the gang swinging for the fences. This really does seem like this is the year for the Winnipeg Ice, and uh, they're not worrying about the future right now when it comes to acquiring a player like Ospichuk that can hopefully really help this team put him over the top. Yeah, how many first-round picks is that? Not there, was, one, there was three in that one. Not two. Yeah, that, that wasn't even the biggest uh, deal of the day in the WHL uh, and pretty wild, you know, teams just throwing away the future. Maybe you feel like you could, uh, you know, get some of that back later on. But if you have a chance to win, uh, go for it with like your foot uh, firmly, uh, you know, all the way down on the gas pedal, Hustler. Yeah, here's the here's this other trade that you just mentioned. The Everett Silvertips and Kamloops Blazers making a deal. Owen Zellweger, who, of course, is another star at the uh, World Juniors, and Ryan Hofer going to Kamloops, going back to Everett, four players, Drew Englott, Caden Hamill, Ryland Pierce, Jack Baker, and listen to these picks, four first-rounders. First round in 23, 24, 25, and 26, uh, along with a second-rounder, a fourth-rounder, a fifth-rounder, a third-rounder, a conditional second-rounder, and another sixth-rounder. Um, I often joke that the NBA, the first round picks have very little value anymore. The way that they were being traded um, sounds like the same thing has come to the WHL. Now, again, it is a prospects draft. These kids are getting drafted out of bantam hockey. 
They are very, very far from being finished product, pros, uh, products. So I understand why there's maybe, you know, more wiggle room, but uh, holy smokes. I mean, Kamloops and Winnipeg quite clearly had their eyes set on a WHL championship and the future be damned. It's all about the now. Yeah, and Kamloops, they're hosting the Memorial Cup this year. So they're going to be in no matter what. Maybe they'll get, mm. you know, what the strategy would be is to get eliminated in the first round and then just rest up and uh, beat up on all those tired teams with your new trade deadline <laughs> acquisition. So uh, something to keep an eye on as we get closer to the WHO playoffs. And we'll probably be keeping an eye on the Winnipeg Ice as uh, it was disappointing in for them last year, but uh, right back at it and going even harder here with all the, with the uh, big trade yesterday. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to get to the cool bet lines and talk a little of the NFL to finish up the program. Uh, but I do want to give some thanks to our friends over at Little Brown Jug. Uh, I'm not sure, folks, if you've tried the new Good Times variety pack from Little Brown Jug, but you should because it's containing four awesome new beers, including a stout, rye extra special bitter, the Kolsch, which is amazing. I've tried that one in a West Coast IPA. You can pick up the newest Good Times Variety Pack at Little Brown Jug, Liquor Marts, or anywhere that sells good beer. And are you participating in Dry January? Try Bright Water. I got a chance to try this on the weekend. It was awesome. Winnipeg's only local sparkling water made with high-quality, all-natural extracts and filtered dechlorinated water. Brightwater is zero proof, zero sweetener, zero calorie, so you can consume consciously. Find more order from littlebrownjug.ca or bright, B-R-I-T-E hyphen water.com. And as I said, I tried one of the flavors on the weekend. I'll uh, maybe show off a couple of these cans tomorrow on the program. Um, and hey, shout out to Nick and Nikki DQ for their great support of ours and of course, Nick, a big supporter of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League's newest franchise out in Niverville, just down the street from the DQ in Niverville, which, of course, is one of the four DQs for Nick and Nikki, along with three Winnipeg locations, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Um, they've got some great seasonal blizzard treats right now. The Oreo Hot Cocoa one, uh, quite popular. But let's face it. It's the cakes, it's the blizzard cakes, the ice cream treats, the uh, dilly bars, all those things that are good 12 months a year, not to mention the amazing stack burgers, fries, chicken fingers, and more at your local Nick and Nicky DQ. And if you do need a blizzard cake or an ice cream cake for an event and you want to customize, send them an Instagram message at DQ Manitoba. They'll get it set up for you for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQ locations. All right. We will get to the cool bet lines and some NFL futures. Uh, but Remo, some congrats are in order. You won the big by the, by the, the slimmest of margins, the big DFS eliminator pool with the guys on the yes. weekend. And uh, listen, there was some Barry Horowitzing today on the lock shop. I'm not going to lie. A major victory lap for myself and Dustin Nielsen. I think we had by far the most profitable episode in the history of the lock shop cashing the partner parlay at plus 625 two more parlays we gave out at more than five to one and my bears are on the clock exclusive that came through at plus 220 shout out to lovey smith lovey smart he knows that he's not going to be around he doesn't care whether they pick first or second he wanted a win they went for it and that one came in and seven and one on the best bets yesterday it was an absolutely incredible way 
to finish up the season. And now I'm ready for the playoffs, as I'm sure you are. Yeah, I had, uh, yes, I won my home, uh, my home DraftKings season long league where you pick a new team each week. And I did win it. I was on my way to losing, but then Aaron Rodgers threw the interception and my opponent had Aaron Rodgers. I won by like less than two points. I was, I was going pretty bonkers. I know people want to hear about other people's fantasy wins. It's a great, great topic. I did also, Huss, I did also take to the Winnipeg Sports Talk Weekly DraftKings League. Uh, if anyone wants to play with us throughout the playoffs, uh, send me a message. But Russell Wilson with a big game uh, was worked out for me pretty well. I, I, I rode with Russ, although I was shocked in that game, Huss. Uh, Staley. Okay, let's the, talk about this The right Chargers now. coach. He is insane. What is he doing? Leaving the stars in Mike Williams, who battled injuries all year, let, carted off the field. Take the recipe from the Giants. Didn't even bother playing. They still had a competitive game. Like, what were the Chargers doing? Left the starters in for way too long. And Seriously, it, what the hell is he doing? This is a guy that you recall that rested every one of his starters for every single preseason game. Mm-hmm. Preseason. Yes. And yet playing a nothing game against the Broncos a week before they'll be taking to the field, knowing that they're going to Jacksonville to play the Jags, he leaves them out. Mike Williams had to get carried to the team bus after the game. Joey Bosa was limping. This team is made of the most brittle team or brittle star players in the league. They never have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, all the guys there for Justin Herbert. When they do, they're a very dangerous team. I cannot, for the life of me, wrap my head around that decision yesterday. And if Williams can't go or is limited, and God forbid Joey Bosa is on the defensive side of the ball, Kenneth Murray left the game as well. I mean, that's almost a fireable offense, even if you think the guy is really great in all the other aspects, which, honestly, this... uh, this season has left much to be desired. Yeah, that was um, that was pretty crazy. So, I mean, the week of games yesterday, we did have, uh, you know, the Vikings against the Bears, who you said got the uh, Bears ended up with that one seed. That's to- wild, too, because, I mean, they're a team that I think is pretty committed to Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I guess there's always the possibility if they wanted to trade Justin Fields, they could take their favorite quarterback at number one and have their new guy. But the value in the hall that they could get for the number one pick when there's so many teams that need quarterbacks. And this, unlike last year when Kenny Pickett went 20th overall and was the only quarterback taken in the first round, there's three guys that probably go in the top five. So um, that was uh, that was massive. And Houston will still be able to get a good guy at two. But I do respect the Texans for balling out the way they did yesterday. Um so let's get to the cool bet lines, and I guess the best thing to do, we'll get to this college football championship game in a minute, but let's look at these matchups uh, in and the early lines. We're going to start it off with Saturday afternoon, the Seahawks and 49ers, Geno Smith getting in thanks to the Detroit Lions. Niners are 10-point favorites at home against Seattle. This Chargers-Jags game, the Chargers are a very slight favorite. One point, they're minus 118 on the money line, and the Jags are even money, plus 100 at home to win and potentially move on, well, to Kansas City, assuming the Bills and the Bengals win. We'll get to those games in a minute. The Bills are a big favorite at 11.5 points against the Miami Dolphins. And listen, if they had Tua, we're probably talking about a very different line. 
that certainly tells me that two is done for the season. And then the Giants and Vikings. And the Gi Vikings are three-point favorites. I mean, basically, it's a pick them on a neutral field. They just played this team a couple of weeks ago with Greg Joseph with a 61-yarder in the final play of the game to win it. Line makes a lot of sense. Vikes, that's a 3.30 game next Sunday for the Vikings and Giants. Uh, the night game on Sunday, oh, this is going to be good. Ravens and Bengals, six-and-a-half-point favorites are the Bengals, and I think that also indicates that it is unlikely we see Lamar Jackson in that game. And who knows whether we've seen the last of Lamar Jackson as a Ravens quarterback. That'll be a huge off-season topic. Uh, and then the Monday nighter, because again, this is the super wild card weekend, the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cowboys are two and a half point favorites in Tampa to take on Tom. What uh, any of those numbers stick out or any matchups that you're particularly looking forward to? Yeah, I'm, I think I picked the I was very high on the Chargers in the preseason. I, I really like Justin Herbert. And, you know, the group of receivers, we'll have to wait and see about the injuries. But the Jaguars did not look good against Tennessee. They had so many chances to take away that game and uh, they couldn't make any plays and it was really gifted to them. So I like I do like the Chargers. Hey, the defense is part the of the defense is part of the game as well. Um that was a massive massive play though. It, essentially, I guess it wasn't a pick six. It was a fumble that just bounced right into the guy's arms to return in. Yes. Uh but you're right, they did have a lot of opportunities. That being said, I think their offense will be much much better next week. I am not counting out the Jags at all, especially considering their opponent, the Chargers who can be great, can also look horrible, and might not have some of their most important players anywhere close to full strength. Yeah, I'm, I'll have to. We'll have to wait. I like you know Trevor Lawrence. At times he looked great, but uh, you know in a must-win game he just couldn't make any plays. And yeah, it was the defense who won that one. I think you got to look at the Cowboys over the Bucks. Um, I don't know Tom Brady has just looked uh, pretty done this year. Yeah. I know it's on the road, and even but a lot of times Dak hasn't looked great, but. Um, I don't know if you trust the, the uh, Bucks to move the ball against this uh, Cowboys defense that's been pretty good this year. No, I'm with you on that. So those are the opening lines. Hello? I'm sure they'll change a little bit, but if you want to jump on something right now, uh, get on over to CoolBet. If you haven't played at CoolBet.com before, you can use the promo code WST on your first deposit, and we'll hook you up with a nice 100% bonus. So doubling your deposit up to $200 on your first time. Use the promo code WST. And if you're getting in on it tonight, you can also check out this NCAA Division I College Football Championship game. It'll be all over the TSN network tonight. The SEC studs the Georgia Bulldogs. 13.5-point favorites against the TCU Horned Frogs, who've been the story of the season so far. Looking at the total was 63 and a half. It's actually got down to 62 and a half, which is still massive, but both of these teams can score points. And I will be riding with the underdog in this one, Remo. I'm not sure whether TCU can win. If you think that they can win outright, you're getting plus 350. Uh, but I'm definitely going to take a team that's had a season like they have with 13 and a half points in the back pocket to start it off. Yeah, even if you're not a huge um, college football fan, the national championship, I think, always delivers as a close game and uh, even that semifinal was uh was pretty awesome you know was last week oh yeah so semi, both of them were great let's not forget tcu went in and handled the michigan wolverines who had been awesome all season long lots of rumors that jim harbaugh is actually going back to the nfl would love to see that i miss harbaugh and all of his harbaugh isms in the uh in the bigs uh 
But I got to tell you, this TCU team has, uh, they were ranked, I think oh. Pat Gregoire said they were ranked fifth in the Big 12 going into this season. And I think people got off the scent a little bit when they lost the way they did to K-State in the Big 12 championship game. But they made a big statement in that game against the uh, Michigan Wolverines. And uh, I'm looking forward to what they got tonight. We got some breaking Winnipeg Jets transaction news. This is something we speculated on earlier this week. Uh, The Winnipeg Jets just tweeting out, Hustler, they have assigned forwards Brad Lambert to the Seattle Thunderbirds of the WHL and forward Chaz Lucius to the Portland Winterhawks wow. of the WHL. So here it is at 3 o'clock. The Winnipeg Jets getting it in just in time. You know, can we... I'm going to tweet Winnipeg Jets PR back. Can you throw these out at 1 as opposed to 3? Yeah. We would have had so much... Well, not to mention, that would have maybe taken away from some of the weekend. So it is interesting we get it. We can end. talk about it more tomorrow, but... We will, but this is... There was a lot of speculation as to what would happen with both Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius coming out of the World Junior Hockey Championships. I thought Lucius would be coming back. I had heard rumblings that maybe Lambert would be going there. Lambert's going to a team that is stacked and certainly will be a contender, along with Kamloops, who just traded four first-round picks and a million players for those guys. Um, but he's going to get a chance to play junior hockey uh, in the Western League. And Chaz out to the Portland Winterhawks as well. And, and listen, I don't think anyone should feel that this is a knock on those players or where they are. We've seen the same thing with Shane Wright. We saw the same thing with Brent Clark, who had monster tournaments for Canada. So, um, you know, the opportunity to go in there, develop, hopefully dominate at times, um, you know, you hope is the right path for them, but I can't say I'm shocked at that. Although maybe a little more surprised with Lucius than with Brad Lambert. Yeah, and if you want to see Brad Lambert have some success, uh, Alex Howe pointing out in chat that yeah, I believe the Seattle Thunderbirds are in Winnipeg to take on the ice uh, pretty soon, uh, Wednesday, January 11. Yes, at Wayne Fleming Arena, aka the Ice Cave. You can see the Seattle Thunderbirds. So. Brad Lambert not having probably made, I don't know, will even have to go. We'll just meet up with the team here. I mean, they're in Brandon uh, tomorrow. I guess has Brad even. Oh, and then, sorry, to, what, what date is the game here in Winnipeg? Did Wednesday. Wednesday, uh, Seattle at Winnipeg. Oh, nice. And, of course, that's a night where um, I think the Jets are off, right? They go Tuesday, Thursday, Friday this week? That, that is correct. Wow. Might be a great night to go and check out the ice and uh, and Brad Lambert at the same time. We'll find out more about that. Maybe we'll get Munzee on too or somebody from the ice to talk about the big move on the weekend yes. and uh, their look ahead. Try and do that in the next couple of days as well. Tikona Polly, shout out. I see you giving it to Kabilis and going with Ribbit. Kabilis, of, oh yeah, Kabilis is a big Georgia guy. Well, I'm not sure if I have the stones to go plus 350 on the win, but let's get a good, fun, close game get an over and let's have four fun quarters of college football tonight. Um, tomorrow, Remo, we're right back at it and getting ready for the Detroit Red Wings, Andrew cop. Maybe we'll check in with them and how his season's going. Uh, but of course, to me, this is the chance to send bones to the all-star game and make it six in a row for the Winnipeg jets. Yeah. Well, I, I, there's some comments in chat. Do you think the players are uh, keeping track of Bones going to the All-Star game today? You think they know? They probably haven't been keeping track, but I'm sure someone would let them know at this point. I mean, whether it's Scott Brown or... Listen, I'd be surprised if at this point they didn't know, but the leaders in, in the room, Adam Lowry, 
Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Josh Morrissey, those guys, I'm sure that they will be keenly aware of the opportunity for Bones. And I mean, we know the respect that he has. One of the cool moments, by the way, was uh, the when Rick got a knowledge for the 2600th game on the bench, which is an NHL record on the weekend. And, uh, you know, there was a nice applause from the players, great applause from the crowd. Um, and this would be an accolade that I know won't mean a lot to most coaches. And I don't even know whether it would mean tons to bones, but I think looking back with the job that he's done this year, he certainly deserves to be there. And let's face it, all it takes is a win and we want the team to win anyway. So go get it done tomorrow boys. And then bones can get some sunscreen and, uh, get ready to go down to FLA for a few days. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want a free trip to Florida and, uh, get to the beach and also, you know, take in some all-star. Hockey. So, yes, we are on the bones to the All-Star Game train. On to the uh, voting. Go vote. I tweeted out our ballot or, sorry, post on our Instagram. Make sure you're following us there. You know, Connor, Dubois, Hellebuck, just vote them all in. Although I did see some people in the comments, Hess, we've got to get a ground, like, uh, upbringing of people trying to vote in Paul Stasny uh, to the All-Star Game. He's due. Give him some recognition. He's been in the league for a while. Put Paul Stasny in your Metro uh, ballot. That's an interesting one. Well, uh, okay, I don't mind. You go for that. I mean, I'm a big Stasny fan. <laughs> I think he did a lot of great things in here. But as I said, I think I would rather have like deserving all stars go to the game and be a part of it. Yes. And to be honest, at this point in Paul's career, I'm sure he would far prefer the weekend off with his family away from the rink. Yes. Um. But listen, as I said, it's your it's our civic duty to vote. For Hellebuck, Connor, PLD, Shifley, get those Jets going well, to the uh, get get the support because it's more on us. We don't have the numbers that many of the other teams do, so hardcores like the folks that are here daily on Winnipeg Sports Talk need to be doing their part ten times a day. Remus uh, demoed it last week. Very easy to do, and uh, maybe if you're with us right now, we'll throw the uh, we'll throw the thing. Is John Scott still eligible no. to write in? NHL. I, was, I know everyone thought that that was so cool. I thought that was the worst. Like just for fun, like being cool, voting the shittiest player in the league into the All Star game to me, not. I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> I on. That. I wasn't on um, that train. Uh, I know people say like it was great. I don't know. The one thing about I've seen this top uh, this topic brought up by some of the people in hockey media, Jason Greger and Chris Johnson. Like the reason why the All Star game has kind of lost a lot of its, uh, you know, what you liked about it is. The participation award for one player from every team. And, you know, there's a lot of really good players, us in the top 10 scoring that didn't get named to the team and have to be voted in. And, and kind of stupid, if you ask me. Hey, so. I've got it. Okay, here, here's here's the Here we are with the flies. Here's my idea. Team. Yeah. Every team gets represented by at least one player in the skills competition. Yes. Yes. The game itself... Let's get the best players in the game. And if that means teams are sending two or three guys and a couple guys are just participating in the skills or one guy's in the skills, no problem. And if your team sucks and no one deserves to be there, you'll at least get one guy at the skills competition. So there will be representation for everyone. But it's a freaking all-star game, people. Let's put the all-stars in the game as opposed to someone because you have to pick a guy. Yeah, I th I think just when you see the list of guys that aren't there, like it makes it hard to take seriously when you're putting in like Seth Jones and who no offense Seth Jones, but whoever's on Arizona, like 
these teams need an all-star and those are uh hating on the all-star take away kevin hayes like is kevin hayes he was a healthy scratch this year this <laughs> well again year, philly Philly does not deserve to have any All-Stars this year. Although Carter Hart's actually been brilliant. I, I would have he, I would have been able to handle him. <laughs> SK, yeah, no voting for Vesna Buck. He needs the rest, and he needs to be angry for not making the team. <laughs> I'm starting here for this narrative. I won't, I won't, won't lie. And then uh, Stonewall Dave, but picking one absolute plug to vote in. Cherry was right about that. He's not right about much, but it was laughing at the players. I kind of felt that way, too. I, I know there's a lot of... People that are, you know, trying to be really cool online and say, oh, it was the best part of everything. I mean, it ended up not being too bad, but I thought it was an absolute joke. And again, we're sitting here complaining that there's not enough room for all these real deserving all-stars. I mean, I think, you know, use your vote for guys that actually should legitimately be there. And there's plenty of them and not the John Scotts of the National Hockey League. Um, it's going to be good, Remo. I'm really fired up for tomorrow in this in this hockey game. Um, but we got a good one tonight. Couple games in the league. Uh, I think there's four in the NHL tonight. Mm -hmm. I like Buffalo, big over Philly. And uh, this Edmonton LA is going to be interesting. I know you're a big West Coast game guy. I am. Not 9.30 tonight. Oilers coming off another blown lead. Up 2 nothing going into the third against the Avs. They lost an OT. Beautiful winner by Kale McCarr. And the Kings back at home after thumping the Golden Knights 5-1 in Vegas on the weekend. So I think Edmonton might get back in the win column. That might be good for them to get away from home ice for a bit. Yeah, Phoenix Copley's been on a heater with the LA Kings. And I'll say this about the Kings and the Oilers. We remember their playoff series last year. The Kings know how to play the Oilers tight. They play them tough. Um, I think there was a game earlier that they played earlier this year. I know I was expecting like a ton of goals. It was really low scoring. So I'm actually not expecting a lot of goals. Uh, the Kings know how to get under McDavid's skin. Us and, uh, and where are the Oilers in the standings? They're, yeah, they're like out of a playoff spot, aren't they? They're like right on the cusp here. They got to get some wins right now. Expanded the wild card right now. They're the in wild the card? West. Dallas. Winnipeg and Minnesota, the top three in the Central. Vegas, Kings, Kraken, the top three in the Pacific. The one thing with the Kings is they played 43 games. Hell, Seattle, Seattle's in a spot, and they've only played 38. Like, they've got three games in hand and are two or three points clear of Calgary and Edmonton. So Calgary and Edmonton are in those spots, and that's a costly loss for Edmonton because guess who's right behind them? We have not mentioned the Colorado Avalanche, guys. The defending Stanley Cup champs are out of the playoffs right now. You know they're going to be in there at some point. Um, so, And they've got three games in hand on the Edmonton Oilers right now. St. Louis is, what, two games above 500 right now. They're at 43 points. The Nashville Predators actually have a better winning percentage. They're just one point back of uh, St. Louis, but do have the three games in hand. Then you've got Vancouver. And below, San Jose, Arizona, Anaheim, Chicago, all basically done under 500 right now. And man, it is wild to say this, but the Florida Panthers have played half the season, 41 games in the books, and they are under NHL 500, 18, 19, and four for 40 points, only 18 wins in the first half of the season for Paul Maurice's crew. Yeah, four eight eight win percentage. That's not going to get it done. There were high expectations for this team. They just lost yesterday to Dallas, and they 
they can't that get will any probably wins. get you a top ten pick. To yeah, be they, honest, although they, they don't have it, they don't have it. They can't go on any win streaks. Us like their special team is not good. They're not getting goaltending. They mixed up the lines today. I see every day has a lot of people have an eye on the Florida Panthers, and they got this real tough schedule here out west. Look how many time zones. You got Central Time <laughs> yesterday in Dallas. Tomorrow Mountain Time in Colorado. And then you're going to Vegas. This is a real grinder. Pacific time. It's a grinder, Pacific time. And then you're home, so home to Vancouver. So you got, what? Yeah, sorry. You started in Eastern time. So this is like a four-game road trip in each four game games, in a different time Four games, four time zones. I mean, I mean scheduled loss each how one could of any them. Team, how could any team win one of those games? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know how. That, I don't know how. There's just way too much adversity uh, with having to go on that kind of road trip. So uh, they're playing call in Colorado tomorrow. We'll keep an eye on that one, too. Uh, it is going to be fascinating. And then uh, what they got, Buffalo, Toronto. You got a lighter schedule coming up next week once they get through. No, that's two four of the top Western Division teams. Four games in, Colorado, in seven and nights. Hustler. That's like, yeah. or five and eight even. That's not, that's, that's not even humanly possible for the Florida Panthers. Well, maybe not for them. It was humanly possible for the Winnipeg Jets, who thrived with that same schedule in December without half their bloody lineup. And, uh, they're one win away from sending bones to the All-Star game. We'll talk about it tomorrow on the show. Um, just a quick NFL note on the way out. Kick Cliff Kingsbury, you're out. Fired in Arizona. I know Cabillas will be happy in the chat about that, although they did extend him at the beginning of the year through 2027, so I'm sure that will be an expensive pink slip. And Lovey Smith fired in Houston. I imagine... That is direct retribution for costing the Texans the number one pick by scoring that late touchdown and going for two yesterday. Bill Belichick will return, though, for his 24th season with the New England Patriots and Aaron Rodgers coy about his future after the game last night. He'll play somewhere next year, I'm sure. Will it be with Green Bay? That'll be a big offseason topic. Folks, enjoy the games tonight. And, of course, Shout out to everyone that won the tickets or it's going to the Canada, the uh, Ukraine Bison game. Looks like they're going to have a great crowd. Just about a full lower bowl. Should be a great, great event. We might see you there. Uh, but otherwise, you know where to do it. 1 p.m. tomorrow, live on YouTube, Winnipeg Sports Talk. Tell a friend about WST and hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.